Thunderbrunt. Welcome to Writer's Blockbusters, the show that treats the final edit of a movie like it's the script. And today we're going to go around and introduce ourselves, just like we do every time. I am Jimmy George. I am a full-time script consultant and screenwriter. My Twitter handle is at Jimmy R. George. And I am Jamie Nash. I am a screenwriter, and I am the author of Save the Cat Writes for TV, now on Kindle, as of today, Hell yeah. and, and print. And and maybe by the end of today it might be audiobook too. Whoa! But they told me it would be this week. So by the time people get this, you could probably look into the audiobook. And if it's not there, it'll be there in a couple of days. And what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is Jamie uh, at Jamie underscore. I guess at is implied. At so Jamie <laughs> underscore Nash. And I'm Bob Rose, and I know Jimmy George and Jamie Nash. Uh, and my, I'm at Thunderground Bob on Twitter. Um, today we're going to talk about our second Stephen Herrick film of the show because we did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, yeah, but we're going to talk about the Mighty Ducks. Yes, he's directed actually a, a few classics. That's why. Yeah, yes, up. Yeah. yes, he's had a he's had a quite a career. Um, but first, but he's the director, Jamie. Oh. Who wrote this shit? Who wrote it? Um, St- Mr. Stephen Brill. Who, who? The funny thing is, you know how I really know Stephen Brill is through Mark Maron's podcast. I don't yeah. know if you listen to Mark Maron's podcast, but he's he used to be roommates with Stephen Brill, and they kind of had a falling out, and they had a awkward apology episode or something. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And he even knew Pete Berg because Pete Berg became Steve. Stephen Brill's roommate. Um, so he knew him because he used to come and go and they used to be friends trying to do the movie thing while Marin was doing the comedy stuff. So I know um, him basically as like the the kind of like one of the Adam Sandler crew. You know, yeah. he, he's he directed yeah. probably my favorite Adam Sandler movie. He's written a lot of those movies and uh he's been in them. He's like the asshole sidekick in Wedding Singer, <laughs> you know, like he still he acts sometimes mm-hmm. and shit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, he's like the sole writer of this, right? Yeah, and th- this seemed like I, I mean, I'm kind of saying it. This is, was his big break, I think. I think it was. Let me take mm. a look just to be sure if I'm saying that correctly. There's gonna. Yep, it no, was. No, before that he wrote Annie Hall. No, I. <laughs> yeah, no, Mighty Ducks was his first, and it was a spec screenplay. Uh, wow. It was it was apparently very different um, in its original incarnation. It was darker. I heard him do on an interview say that was he had this big like interracial component where the the mother character was actually like a caseworker and it was kind of a um an African American white racial component to the whole story. Oh and wow. It was, it was very gritty and um it, anyway, he, he kind of describes it as it was more like bad news bears. Yeah. And then and then Disney picked it up and they took all that kind of stuff and and took that out of it. Um, and he, he's not bitter about it, but he said as a young writer, he was like, you know, trying to fight for 
the stuff he had right. in it originally. It, it's it's hard to be bitter about a franchise that not only lasted what three movies and animated series and now a reboot, but also like it like I said earlier, it named an actual sports team. <laughs> <laughs> like would that movie that originally existed done all that? I don't think it would have. Mm. I don't think it would have had that staying power. Right. No, and and I mean looking back on it, he says he you know understands like when Disney buys it, they're gonna turn it into a Disney product. Mm-hmm. Uh but he, that was just, you know, his his he was he had a big love for the bad news bears. He was trying to do something similar to that. And, and that movie has the cuss words and the and the drinking coach and you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It has that grittier <laughs> I wouldn't say realistic, but it has a certain realism to it. Yeah, I was really surprised that the blue balls joke, uh, when the blue balls joke popped up, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, didn't remember that. It, it, it's funny, too, that we're doing this uh, right after Cobra Kai pilot, because yes. uh, watching this, I was like, man, I never, because, you know, I've seen this movie like a hundred times, but watching now, I'm like, man, this is like, Karate Kid and Bad News Bears had a had a baby combined. It, it, like yeah. yeah, it's like at everything yes. those two movies in one. Yeah, no, me I felt the same, and I, even to the point where I was like, I wonder if the new TV show is kind of it's a like, riff off Cobra Kai. Yeah, you know, it's, it's gotta show. be. Yeah, it almost yeah. informed. What I, I doubt the did. old coach is going to be in the show. <laughs> like Riley, Coach Riley, he's probably right. not going to be in the show, but I'm sure it's got to have like. Gordon Bombay, his fall from grace and his return type of thing. Yeah. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Seems like it. Yeah. I mean, that's um, I'm, Cobra Kai is going to make a bunch of these shows happen, I assume. That's true. I assume. <laughs> what's next? Yeah, what's, what's next? Yeah, what's next? I, I know we got Punky Brewster. Which is, <laughs> I would not describe that like Cobra Kai. I haven't seen it, but that's a much weirder thing. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. who's that for? <laughs> Who wants to see Punky Brewster go up and go, like date people? It's odd. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> sex know. and stuff. Like, who's that for? Okay. Yeah, that's that's a weird one. That's Punky really Brewster. Weird. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, Stephen Brill. He he's mostly had a career of writing comedies, right, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think you nailed it. Ready to rumble. You nailed it. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, Heavyweights was probably, you know, right off of the Mighty Ducks. It was like, let's do Heavyweights. Um, Ready to Rumble was one of his. And then he got Little Nicky. And that's, uh, and then I think his directing career kind of took off. And that's when he did a lot of the uh, the Sandler stuff. He did, um, just as an example, he did uh, uh, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, uh, Without a Paddle. Drillbit Taylor, um, Walk of Shame, uh, the Do Over, yeah. So he's he kind of he, had he these Hubie Halloween. He's basically making Netflix Adam Sandler movies now, which I'm sure is Hubie Halloween. Gig. It's yep. a paying good paying gig. You got, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. he's spear he's spearheading the series, right? The the Mighty Ducks series is, is, is he? he? Not... I don't I actually yeah. don't know yeah. anything about I'm, the series. I'm almost positive he's he's uh, the showrunner. For, yeah, I, for just just looking at his credits, I think I see a written by for episode one. So that's okay. usually the creator. So, yeah, yep. yeah. Wow. So he's actually so that actually makes me really intrigued to watch it now. Like, yeah, I didn't that know me that, too. Yeah, that Stephen Brill's actually involved. Okay. I the one thing I remember about Stephen Brill, Jamie, you might remember this, mm-hmm. is that he mm-hmm. took over for Fanboys when Fanboys was re-edited yeah. and the giant because yeah. they tried to edit out the cancer storyline. That's right. That's right. And the entire yep. internet of Star Wars fans attacked Stephen Brill. <laughs> and he went hard pushback against them publicly, <laughs> like on Reddit. It was. He, he was the original Josh Whedon. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no he wasn't. Uh, yeah. 
in the uh, in the good well not the good way but not the bad way either. <laughs> you, know, you know what i'm saying right uh but let's move on to uh setup and, <clears throat> and double bump catalyst oh. what is that jamie explain help oh, me. oh what one last thing before we jump into oh, okay, it one good, last good. thing box office so box office thank this, you this what this movie is an interesting one and sometimes we skip box office but i I sort of was interested in this one. This one made $50 million. Okay. Off a $10 million budget in 1992. And then you might say, well, it was 1992. That's pretty good. But then you look at it. And where did it fall in 1992? It fell in the 31 spot. Oh, wow. Okay. Just to give an example, some of the movies around it are Wayne's World 2. It was 32. It made $48 million. Sneakers was 30. All right. Um, <laughs> there, I mean, these are there's some good movies. I love sneakers. I love um, sneakers. I love Wayne uh, World too. So. My cousin Vinny, but these weren't like you know Mammoth huge hits. blockbusters. Yeah. These these were almost the under the radar ones. I was almost expecting you to say like Home Alone numbers or something. Yeah, yeah. It's surprising that this kind of movie spawned uh, two sequels and uh, and a cartoon show and a and a following like years later. Um, it's pretty legendary it, with my age group, with our it age is. group, right? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So, just to give you an example, like some of the some of the other movies, and these those are the worldwide numbers. Um, number one that year, anybody remember number one in nineteen ninety two? Yeah, Dances with Wolves. I don't know. This one might have had some crossover actually. From the you said ninety three, I would say Jurassic Park, but so so, <laughs> um, so here are the ones. Uh, Aladdin was number one with 346 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. That was the big one. Uh, so, you know, movies were making in the hundreds of millions. Big budget. Yeah. <laughs> big budget movies. Um, Home Alone 2 was the number two movie at $173 uh, million. Uh, Batman Returns was uh, number three. But that's How, sort of surprising. The budgets on all those movies are pretty high, though, compared to Mighty Ducks. Absolutely. So the Mighty yeah. Ducks budget was $10 million. Um, you figure back during this time, I mean, who knows how much Disney movies cost back then? It was probably a ton of money. Um, Home Alone 2 was probably the biggest bargain. They probably played Macaulay $20 million and made the movie for 20 you know, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably 50 or 60 or 40 or somewhere in there. Batman Returns, I don't know. I don't know if movies pushed $100 million then uh, for those kind of movies or 75 or something was the right number. Um, Lethal Weapon 3 was number four. Oh, uh, man. A Few Good Men was number five. Uh, um, Jamie, Batman Returns it was an $80 million budget. Okay, that's what I thought. Probably I, not I thought including marketing, though. If you include marketing, mm-hmm. you know. Sure, sure. Um, that, that's the interesting thing. Like, <clears throat> I think most people look at Batman Returns not as a bust, but so, sort of as a, you know, artistically, of course, many people think it's the best of the Burton era. Uh, yeah. But a lot of people look at that movie because it was weird and it didn't have that $600 million it's not, it's not opening a the first It's not a four-quadrant movie release no. at yeah. all. It's <laughs> weird. Yeah. So so anyway, Sister Act, The Bodyguard, Wayne's, Wayne's World. That's weird. Why was Wayne's World in there? But then Wayne's World 2 is in there as well. I don't, <laughs> Maybe they re-released it. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder why that is. Did, did Wayne's World 2 immediately follow it? Because sometimes there's weird it, crosses. I, think there I, was don't, a, I don't know. I think I think there was like a very short gap. Maybe. Uh, basic, 
Basic Instinct was Wayne's number World, nine. Wayne's World wow. one is ninety two, Jamie. So Wayne's World two is not ninety two. Yeah, it's weird. It's ninety. <laughs> Wayne's World two is ninety three. <laughs> Let what me scroll back at? down there. Where, where are you Damn box at? office mojo. Box office mojo. <laughs> no, I'm looking at the 1992 worldwide box office. Box office mojo uh, has it as number 32 on their list. Very I mean, I can tell you this. Wins World 2 had, uh, they used in the actual teaser trailer, Adam's Family references. So it was definitely later. It's it's weird. I don't know how that I don't know how Wayne's World Two yeah. ended up on this list. Uh, so, but there somebody, it is. There it is. Somebody write box office mojo. Anyway, so, so I, my my theory on why this fifty million dollar movie um, one is probably DVDs or not DVD more DVDs VHS VHS sales. Cable, I guess then cable cable. But I actually think um, and and Bob, you talked about this before we got started. I think Disney or Eisner, at least he wanted to buy a hockey team and he had this hockey plan to mix into the Disney thing. Mm. And I think that gave it added juice or added, added incentive to keep this franchise going to rename the team, do all that stuff that I think, I think that might've helped seed the reason that, that makes a lot I think of sense. Also, Jamie, I think it was a, a rental behemoth. Like, I don't know if you, you do, obviously don't have those numbers in front of you, but no, I remember that being a pretty, I remember like the entire wall of the video <laughs> store being mighty ducks. You know what I mean? Like yep. I actually yep. visually yeah. remember that. Yep. So I think I, it, it, I buy it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was surprised at the numbers when I looked it up. I thought it was going to be a hundred, 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 yeah, million. yeah, same. Um, like you said, Home Alone, maybe not quite Home Alone because that was a juggernaut, but Home Alone 3 numbers. Or Home Alone 2 numbers. <laughs> I don't know. Three. I don't know what Home Alone 3 made. It, probably uh, not much. Yeah, no, um, I, anyway. I think the numbers don't reflect the cultural impact of my Absolutely. at all. Like that's- I mean, my friends and I, we were, I was 12, and so all, my circle of friends were 11, 12, 13, and like we all started playing hockey going to the ice skating rink uh we we would turn the uh, tennis courts take the nets down and turn them into uh uh hockey courts and yeah like i played hockey with my friends for like three summers following this movie absolutely right Right. no this is a pretty formative movie for me too yeah especially i mean honestly i feel like i say this every time we do a movie but (laughs) i love the actual movie i love is d2 like (laughs) <laughs> that's actually one of my favorite movies ever i love this of this movie too but I I, I I i think most of the people that are really mighty duck lovers love d2 the best knuckle it's, puck man it's got the yeah it, it's just i think it's 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 got the budget and the it's already done with the origin right and that's yeah the one you watched on cable so many times you know yeah what I mean? yeah um but by the way so you mentioned the setup and the double bump catalyst yes uh i I, I, well, we could we could certainly talk. I just wanted to mention one quick thing about that because really, what we're going to talk about is sports movies in general. Yeah. I think today, um, so I I don't know so much about this. The the thing I wanted to talk about was the double bump because interestingly enough, Cobra Kai last week had a similar double bump catalyst, and um, what a double bump catalyst is is in this movie. And <clears throat> Jimmy Jimmy, feel the feel free to jump in if you okay. if you have anything. Um, this movie has kind of two things that happen. One, he gets pulled over for his drunk driving, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a catalyst. And then two, he gets kind of sentenced to the hockey team. 
Uh, so it's kind of like this two-step catalyst where two things have to happen. One, he gets he gets arrested, or and then two, he gets you know his boss says, "Well, you're going to be the coach of this hockey team." Cobra Kai. Yeah. Not to go back to the Cobra Kai episode, but he he gets fired. And then he gets in that karate fight almost. And it's almost like a double bump catalyst in a different sort of way. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. it kind of focuses his trajectory after the initial catalyst that, you know, the thing that ruins his ordinary day, which is getting yeah. arrested, um, then it focuses the direction that's going to So you're be. saying it, like these things, it's like a, a technique that where you have to almost create a pattern to get a character straightened out to the on the path? It's 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 just another thing you sometimes see like if you're analyzing catalysts and you see that there's two of them I, and here's my rule for all these um you know if we're talking save the cat kind of stuff the pillar beats the midpoint the all is lost my my rule of thumb always has been it's okay to have too many of these things as long as they come on time and um cuz it it just kind of further it's like one more twist one more excitement um I think you could get overstuffed if you had like tons of them and yeah. they were going in <laughs> sure. all different yeah, directions. Yeah. But, um, and I think this movie, like this movie has like five things that could be all his lost moments. Like, uh, yeah, could, definitely. You could like just, check them yeah. off. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's this kind of weird thing. So anyway, when you, when I see double bump catalyst, I just see that as a movie that's got this trajectory that's moving along pretty rapidly. Um, and, and this movie really does move along rapidly. Yeah. He, he almost has a character arc, but I don't know where you pin the, uh, this isn't even one of our talking points, the act one break in this movie. Yeah. It's It's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky. tricky. It's, it's weird. There's like two, there's, there's almost, there's almost three before worlds. There's, Mm -hmm. there's, there's before. Uh, you know, there's uh, Gordon Bombay's Before World when he's uh, at the law firm. Then there's the Before World of the kids that's really weird. And then you have a, a third Before World, which is them as a team unit failing yes. together, yeah. being a horrible coach and horrible team. Yeah, him, him is, not wanting to coach, and yeah, it's like the new. It's like the new Before World. It's right, the, it's, that's yeah, its own. Yeah. The all three of those are completely different setups that all well, are important to the second half with, with and, that idea in mind wouldn't the end of act one sort of be his conversation with hans mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's what i would say it, 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 when he I, when he I, takes I the skates he takes the skates Wear thick the skate socks, back Gordon. on right right yeah. because then yeah. we got then we have the upside down world which is him actually accepting this role as the coach and trying yeah. to teach these kids despite the fact that he has all these problems and shortcomings and flaws um, and that is, I, I didn't, I didn't track all this that much, but mm-hmm. I remember seeing that be 35 minutes. So it's a, it's, it's a little late considering the full length of the movie, you know, like the, it, it's like a, it's like a hundred minute movie. So yeah. But that's cause yeah. they have to establish the hockey before. We're right. Back. They got yeah. all these setups. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here's the weird thing about that. So, um, and it, it actually was kind of informing me something again, not in our talking points, but this is just something I was thinking about while I was watching Mighty Ducks. By the way, this is the first time I think I've seen Mighty Ducks, though I'm not positive. Oh, shit. Um, Here's the weird part about it. I remember the cake eater stuff annoying me. I don't know why. I just hate, I didn't like that that term, even though it's a real term. It's apparently. A real, yeah, I, actually, it's in um, the uh, it's in the IMDb trivia. Like, that's a real term that means you people that are so rich, they can have their cake and eat it, too. Anyway, yeah, so. Yeah. 
I I must have seen it because I don't know where else, unless that's that's a prevalent term in another movie. And I I remembered the whole structure and stuff, but I honestly don't remember the scenes in it. So I think this was my first watch through. Wow. But um, but as I was watching it, and again, this is a, this is much like Turtles. This came out when I was in college. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> and I was watching like art house crap and stuff. I right, wasn't watching yeah. Mighty Ducks. I was done. I, you know, Bad News Bears was a critical movie for me. It was a huge influence. It was yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time as a kid. By the time Mighty Ducks came out, ah, uh, Bad News Bears rip off. You know, I didn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't like hockey. I was out of there. Um, so anyway, I this is the first time. I, I actually, you know, I I thought it. I think it's a really well constructed film, but um. Well, anyway, what was I saying? It's not oh, formative so, for you. It's not. It's not <laughs> anyway. obviously because I yeah. maybe maybe from this point on it'll be formative. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's um. What I noticed in the debate section, and I would agree with you that um, when he goes and talks to Charlie and has the thing, that's kind of the break into and after the the Hans thing and all that. Then he commits to being a good coach. It's almost like he learns a lesson. Yeah. Early. You know, early he, he, he kind of arcs. arcs his early. his arc almost start ends there because it does because that now it's just a matter of that guy succeeding in what he now knows is the right way, right? Because yeah, right. Cause from, he's from that point on, he's pretty he good. Knows what he he the compass is already sort of bending back toward what it should. And Hans is the Mister Miyagi yeah. here, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. The, right. Yeah. The, the strange thing is, his <laughs> compass never really gets. Uh, he never doubts it that much. You know what I mean? Like he stays on the true and narrow almost because you would have thought like a scene. I'm, I know I'm jumping all around there. No, Sorry. You, it's got- you, you would have thought a scene like um, like the scene where, you know, the big quack, quack, quack when he walks out of the office scene or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you would have thought that scene would have been challenging for him. Like maybe I should keep my job or maybe I can yeah. have it both ways or maybe if I quit but, the team. Yeah, he's already there. He's already there. He's like, I'm yeah, out of here. yeah. I'm, I'm down it, totally with the kids. I'm totally on mission. It doesn't. Matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what I know, what I noticed about. So first of all, that that Han scene, that's like 40 minutes in. So it's a long yeah. first act. But I, that's also what I identified. Here's the here's the thing. I'm I'm taking a long way to get to. Uh, what I noticed about the debate section, it felt like it had Nala's lost moment and a dark night of the soul. And then because like when the team all breaks up. Kind of, and, and you know, when that kid says, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm leaving. That's kind of like an all is lost. Like you know, I'm I'm not going to cheat. And he leaves. It's yeah, like just all is lost. And then and then uh, the hero goes into the dark night of the soul kind of mode where he's talking to the mentor and learning a lesson and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like the end of a movie, right? <laughs> yeah, sort of that's true. Um, so yeah. that's unique. Do you think? And I get, like watching it again. I feel like that makes the movie feel so uh substantive does that make sense yes it yes. makes it feel like there's so much in one packed into one movie because there's yes. so much packed yeah yes. it, he has so many of those all his lost moments in dark night of the right. souls yeah well, he has, there's, then, there's all there's kinds the of future moment where the team quits again yes because of yes. a sarcastic comment and it's like yeah that's a dark night right but through absolutely. it all, and, yeah, we'll get, and we'll get back to it when we get when we hit we'll hit back to it but through it all he still has the shard he still yes. hasn't he's still that's wounded right. he hasn't overcome that wound that's so that's right that's so why it's, it's not the complete dark night right of the it's, soul. It's, uh, it's anchoring him into his into his existing problems are still there and but here 
here's the thing informative I, I i noticed about this all is lost dark night of the soul i started thinking about it and like star wars comes to mind okay so what's luke skywalker's debate he's like oh i don't want to help you i don't want to go on the mission and then he has an all is lost moment where his aunt and uncle die and then he kind of mm-hmm. he doesn't have much wallowing there's not a huge dark night of the soul but it almost i almost wondered if a lot of these stories i wonder if that's informative that when you're coming up with your debate Almost think about what's a mini all is lost you can put yeah. in there that can then force them to take a look and then commit to the journey in the lock-in mode. Yeah, that's um, good. And I'm not sure if that will hold in every case. If it'll track, but, but I bet you'd find it more often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one, I think, because it's so long, that's why it feels like I could almost do a, a, a Save the Cat Beach to the entire debate section of this movie because it's it's 40 minutes long. Yeah, so you yeah. could almost do all the all the ins and outs anyway that's yeah so that's that interesting and that's that's, that's really unique yeah like yeah that's a unique approach and it works yeah 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 no, i was I... definitely struck by i was like whoa there's like because you know we've been doing we're on episode 60 so we've sort of like trained ourselves to like look at the first act and how it's doing what it's doing and how it's setting up all the problems for the characters and it's like oh wow there's like three different worlds being introduced here there, there's like yeah in, I, individually successively I, yeah. I noticed that in a weird way like this movie has like like you said just as many dark knight of the souls it has that many come together moments yeah there's probably a name you guys got for that but like most sports movies have one or two this one has mm-hmm. like four <laughs> yeah where like you well, you feel like they're all finally a team again, and then they then they have it they fall out, and then they are a team again, and it's well, like that's like the fun and games of a sports movie, and this movie yeah. keeps delivering on that one thing. <laughs> you know, it's you know what it reminded me of. This is, this is the other metaphor I was I was kind of coming up with watching it. It was like a romantic comedy in some ways, the break right? Up makeup. It, yeah, because mm-hmm. it was like two people forced to be together, but they didn't really want to be together. And then they come mm-hmm. together, they break up, they come together, they break up, they come together, they break up, and they finally win the day. Um, yeah. A bad it, analogy it for me. a guy and a bunch of kids, but still. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah right. it, definitely, it definitely had that feel. It was like, <laughs> it was like uh, co- coach meets team. Uh, you know, team breaks up with coach. Coach meets team again. You know, and it keeps going like that. It iterates yeah. through that a couple times. Yeah. Maybe that's yep. maybe maybe that rep- repetition is maybe why it, it held sway with so many people. Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel like I don't feel like a lot of sports movies do it as much as Mighty Ducks does. I agree. I yeah. agree. There's there's a lot of story packed into the sucker. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. You know? I mean, even there's even like what I said the reason I like thought of Karate Kid the whole time was just because and Cobra Kai is because Gordon himself is another figure without a father. Or a broken mm-hmm. father, you know what I mean, and like mm-hmm. looks like Johnny Lawrence. He has the yeah, he's Crease, right? Riley's Crease, yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do we? So now we're in the sports movies, Jamie, right? Yeah, yeah, Jamie. Sport, yeah, sports movies. Yeah. Um, so again, we haven't really talked about sports movies. This is our first one in is it, sixty is it, episodes. Is it seriously? I can't believe. <laughs> yes. That. Yes. It's it's really interesting too because sports movies. It's the one thing I don't think I've written that I always wanted to write. So it's kind of like it's still on my list of things to write. Nice. Um, well, real quick, Jamie, uh, what's mm-hmm. just so I get we get a gauge because we know you're not you're not a Mighty Ducks fan yet. Right. Maybe you are now. Um, <laughs> what is like kind of your sports movie? Uh, but you no know, bad news bears, but take that out of the picture. What's another one you hold up there? 
Um, well, so it's, it's interesting because as a kid, I'd say the longest yard is the one mm. that stuck with me for a while. The original longest yeah, yard. Yeah, Burt Reynolds. Um, yeah. I, I saw that as a kid. Um, and I watch a lot of sport movies. It's, it's, it, what's interesting about it is I grew up in a sports family. Like my dad was a huge sports fan. My dad was also a huge movie fan. My dad hated sports movies um, <laughs> That's weird. because it, yeah, it's just one of these things where he couldn't get the real excitement, the genuine excitement of sports out of sports movies. The games um, didn't hold any weight for him. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, so for me, I mean, I, I probably go down. So that probably has some kind of bearing on me. Like, I'm, you know, I used to analyze like Hoosiers more by the basketball or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But I, I really like Hoosiers, by the way. That's mm-hmm. like, probably one of my favorite movies. Um, Rocky, of course, is probably mm-hmm. you know, yep, probably the at the top. Um, if you count Karate Kid, it's I think you have to. I think yeah, you I do. think karate, it does. It can't. That's karate's a sport it, in that movie, especially when it it's ends framed. as a tour. It ends at a tournament. Yeah, yeah, it's it very is. much. By, by the way, I did do a screenplay that has um, Bad News Bears meets Karate Kid. It's like a bunch nice. of it's a bunch of Mighty Duck kids at a YMCA and like. John Claude Van Damme has to teach him or something. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's so I did write that. So I, I do kind of have a sports movie, but I, I still want to do like one with the major sports at some yeah, point. Yeah. Um, but those are some of my favorites. Um, I like major league. I, I like the comedy. That, in it. that um, would be probably the one I would go to first. If I, in my brain, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the one I think when I think sports movie, I think major league, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe that's also yeah. an age thing where I came about and everything, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. Muddy Ducks it's would really also probably movie. be there too, you know. Yeah, definitely. But Karate Kid, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I can't get past Rocky in some ways because it's just like, but uh, Rocky almost yeah, to me feels slightly separated a, a bit. I don't know. It why. does. I don't. Know I, why. I agree. I, I agree. I like, can't tell you why right now, but I. It almost is like above the genre. Right, <laughs> right. right. It feels um, like it transcends it a bit. Um. I'm I'm trying to think because there must be some like as a kid, you know what it is? Shot, it's Rocky. Uh, there were all kinds of ones. Rocky is the story of a loner, I think maybe, and it doesn't feel like a team. But then again, the mm. kid is basically Rocky too. So I I don't know. Yeah, and that uh, that was some of the things I was gonna. So I missed that whole Sandlot, Mister Big League, all those ones mm-hmm. that people of your generation would probably know more. Like they, those yeah. are ones I really don't know. I didn't watch. Um, and then I, I'm a big fan of the one. So, well, let me describe one thing about, about, um, this one. So in save the cat genres, most sports movies fall into a thing called a golden fleece movie. And we've, we've talked about the save the cat genres before monster in the house. Um, what are the other ones? Buddy love, uh, institutionalized, full, you know, triumphant. full triumphant. This this one's the dude with a problem is a lot of mm-hmm. uh, this this one is a golden fleece and a golden fleece has three different categories uh, when you talk about it or three different elements. Um, now I'm trying to remember what those elements are. Uh, you have a team, um, a prize, and a road. Uh, they're they're the three things. So uh, you have some team that goes down a long road in search of an you know some huge prize of some sort now a movie about a quest could be that as well so so all your quest movies whether it's um like lord of the rings is a golden lord of the rings fleece. is yeah. a golden fleece okay. um <clears throat> even even to an extent like star wars uh because you're trying to get the plans 
you're trying to take those, the Death Star plans to the Rebels. So you have a road, you have a team. Um, uh, but it, sports, yeah. Infinity War and Endgame kind of? Because they have, sort of? I, I I I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard, I, I don't it's hard know to down what those are, I guess. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. I, I It's yeah. hard for me to wrap around my head uh, around what that was. But there, so some of these are like epic fleeces, like Saving Private Ryan would be another one. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I'm trying to think of the ones that normally get said. Then there are ones that are like um, like capers, like um, Ocean's Eleven, for example. That's a that's a caper fleece. Um, these are the things I should write down in notes to do off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, yeah, the audience <laughs> likes, likes you, you struggling got it. to remember. I, I, yeah. No, I like I like hearing the brainstorming. Ones. Yeah, no, I want off the yeah. cuff, man. I, I, I want it off the cuff too. Yeah, and then uh, so. Uh, we did planes, trains, and automobiles. That one would be like a buddy fleece. Um, you know, it's it's got a lot of buddy love stuff, but they're on a journey. They're on a road trip. Mm-hmm. Um, Little Miss Sunshine is another fleece. Anyway, yeah. these these are all the ones that aren't sports fleeces. So sports have a metaphoric road, and that's the season. That's that's what, you know, you have to get through to win the prize, which is the trophy or the championship. Um, so usually sports movies are golden fleeces. So the reason I bring this up is to answer your question of my favorite sports movies. I tend to like the ones that aren't golden fleeces. Mm-hmm. Like I like the blind side and I like um, maybe, well, Moneyball kind of is, a, it, it does have a season they're trying to win. I'm trying to think. I, uh, Jerry Maguire might be the <clears throat> one that, I'm not yeah. sure that that's a golden fleece. So you like, yeah, it's not. So you like sports movies? To put in layman terms, you like sports movies that aren't necessarily about the championship. That like right, a team. I, I, I like just, things that are set in sports, but not necessarily like, uh, about for the love of the game, game or something like that. You know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. And and truth be told, and to bring this full circle a little bit, and to move us forward into the next section, I think that's <clears> what <throat> when my father didn't like sports movies, I think that was the problem. Is sports movies suck? If they're just about sports, because <laughs> um, I'd rather watch a real football season than watch a fake football season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause real football seasons are really exciting and crazy things happen in games and things like that. But um, in a movie, the reason, I mean, the key to making a good movie, I, I think a, a sports movie is it's really all about the character, right? right. It's, oh, it's all about, you right. know, so w- that's why the mighty ducks, doesn't necessarily have to be about hockey. It could have been about many other sports, and you could mm-hmm. have had hockey and, is superfluous, sort of. It's it is, yeah, yeah. it is. It, just it is could the be game about that they play YMCA karate, or it could be about baseball, or it could be about um, ladybugs soccer, I mean, or whatever. That <laughs> uh, do you remember, remember the movie Necessary Roughness? Yes. It's just, if you watch mm-hmm. both that back to back with Major League, it is literally the same movie. The sport didn't matter. They just remade the movie with different actors and a different. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, um, and and we'll... this is a great segue. That's what I was going to say. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, a lot of these sports movies are uh, premises with new skins, which uh, Jimmy would can can further yeah, elaborate so, on. So, Jamie, the first, you know, Jamie always. My favorite thing about like when we talk about screenwriting is like putting terms to things that we're already doing and and like you you recognize it like oh 
here's a term for it and here's that's how, this how whole to show for me that's what this yeah, show is for it's me like <laughs> and 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 often for me too um jamie the first time you said that that phrase premise with a new skin i was like yes this is i see this all the time right and 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 it's funny you you referenced feeling like when you were younger like this was a ripoff mm-hmm. and that's that's mm-hmm. the that's the you know the proceed with caution with using premise of the new skin is that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you run the risk of it being too similar. Just like you said, Bob, but Bob, there's enough differences, necessary roughness and major league that it doesn't feel oh, I love, like it's a complete, it's both. own thing. I love both. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter to yeah. me that they're the same. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. And it works on its own. They, they, they can coexist. I, and and um, just to give an example, while I might've said mighty ducks was a ripoff and I didn't want to see it, my my uh, Karate Kid meets Bad News Bears was also a ripoff, you know. <laughs> right. it's, it's, uh, but and and the and like you said, uh, or like we said about these heroes, the reason I was interested in that one, not to pitch my own script, which I wrote with Bradley <laughs> Bradley Paul, by the way. Um, it's the reason the re- the thing that got me excited about that was it was kind of very similar to that John Claude Van Damme playing himself movie, yeah, yeah. whereas. Whereas it was kind of like John Claude, I'll, I'll pitch the whole movie to everybody. Somebody <laughs> yes. buy this. If a producer is here, it's you can option it. Give me a call. But it was kind of like <laughs> John Claude got in a fight and he was sentenced to work with the YMCA people. But he was this, he was um, kind of John Claude past his prime. Maybe a little more like Steven Seagal. Uh, and and that's what interests me. And I found funny about that movie. You know, like that, yeah. if I saw that movie in a in a theater whoever was playing that part whether i always said nick cage playing that part or something that would be the funny part for me not this is kind of an aside jamie but did you watch the john claude van damme amazon show that's i watched the movie but i didn't watch the show okay because the show was kind of about him being a washed up like action hero but also a spy they they played anyway (laughs) yeah no i it, we wrote this before that came out okay and yeah, then yeah. when that came out i was like oh well it can't be john claude anymore or you know it was like I was, <laughs> yeah because originally i was thinking it should be played by john claude van damme and then i was like oh well he did that himself right. so, anyway <laughs> no but uh, so so um it's a great technique to come up with ideas right so 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 he even said it i i i'm mixing up in my head always stephen herrick and stephen brill and Stephen Brill is the writer, right? Stephen Not- Brill is the writer. Right. Herrick is Steve, the director. Herrick is, Herrick the, director, is the Bill right. and Ted guy. Okay, so 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 Brill, I've heard in interviews, just like you said, Jamie, that his inspiration, the like the genesis of the Mighty Ducks for him was, I want to tell the Bad News Bears with hockey, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. informed everything sure. that came after. So um, it's really instructive that you can start with with bad news bears and throw hockey skin on it and say okay well what does that look like and uh that's where the alcoholism came from obviously right yeah exactly (laughs) and then they played with it and twisted it around to get to make it more premise specific um but the dangerous part of that is like what i wanted to bring up is since i've recognized since jamie taught me that that term for the technique i've recognized it a lot in my consulting i consult on a lot of people doing the premise with the new skin and what often find happens is 
they'll leave out one of the core ingredients. Um, like somebody tried to do Poltergeist with a new skin, but they didn't have the Craig T. Nelson character. And the whole thing fell apart because they were constructing all of their idea phase off of this family unit that was doing things specific with the father and the daughter, mm. father and son. And then they didn't have a father character. So it's if if you're going to do premise with the new skin, remember where you came from. It's like important to like, uh, you know, use the roots in the right way and not leave out part of the part of the equation. If you're going to steal, steal it all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not advocating complete ripoffs. No, no just, you know, I'm, I'm I, kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just think it's a really good technique. Um, and like Jamie's Jamie's karate Mighty Ducks thing wouldn't exist if he didn't use premise with a new skin. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it really informs everything that 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 we're going to talk about from from here on out. Like it started as bad news bears with a hockey skin. He he said it. Mm-hmm. And and I would also say if you're going to go down this approach, and and by the way, everybody goes down this approach. It's the this meets this exercise. Yeah, that's I what do. it is. Die hard um, on a bus. Yeah. It's Diana just Bus. for whatever reason, there's certain stories, especially the sports things, that they're really similar. And we'll we'll go into them. Like they have they all have training montages. Yeah, they all yeah. have the big game at the end. <laughs> they all have because those are genre expectations. Yeah. They're they're genre expectations. And the strange thing is they're like story patterns that are mm-hmm. mixed into it unlike like an action movie which yes it has a car chase and yes it has a fist fight but right y- you almost slot your structure out based on sports movies yeah because you're gonna have the big game in the finale and you're gonna have the training montage yeah. in the funny games or somewhere around right. it's, like, it's the nature of sports itself that kind of gives the structure right and that's gonna yes. give you the your finale has point. to be a tournament <laughs> it just yeah. has to be it, <laughs> yeah. it just has to be and, so, and- that's that's, that's what be- gets tricky about them, yeah. I think, in some ways. Yes, making them making them different. Yeah, what, what makes them fresh? But that's why I'm a big advocate. It's there are really two things that make them different. And we can talk about the whiteboard and stuff and how to go about that. Yeah. So number one, I think character makes them different. So I think mm-hmm. if you bring who you're bringing as your character, who what their background is, what their point of view is, I think that makes them different. Um, and then uh, above that, then it's the skin thing. And theme is tied right, to character. Theme, so your yeah. theme, the character arc. But then uh, the skin is also the thing. And that's where we get into whiteboard stuff, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to – we we haven't done this in a while. And I wanted to I, – I think the most fun way to do it – I've got a list here. But I think the mm-hmm. most fun way is I'll lay out what the premise is. And the three of us can – create a whiteboard based on what the mighty ducks is and show like the brainstorming process. Right. So, so we've talked about this in previous episodes, the white, it doesn't have to be a whiteboard, right, Jamie, it can Mm -hmm. be, can be a notepad. It could be an app on your phone. It could be your computer, whatever it could be note cards, whatever you use to just do a massive dump of ideas. Bob uses chalk on the sidewalk outside. I do. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed. I'm glad you noticed. Big chalk on the sidewalk. My neighbor, keeps, my neighbor just, keeps spraying it away with a hose, but I keep God damn it. it. And, then he, and then he puts big hearts around the parts he likes, like big colorful hearts. But, <laughs> That's um, why my when, scripts are so good, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I, this doesn't make sense because somebody sprayed off the sidewalk. Where... <laughs> oh, it's raining again. Damn it. Yeah. Um, but uh, when you're first coming up with ideas, um, it's really there. It's really fun to just like 
do as much as you can as fast as you can. And um, so this is not really a log line. It's like a quasi log line, but you start with the premise, right? Mm -hmm. A selfish, undefeated Minnesota lawyer. So we got the here okay. uh, who's obsessed with winning is sentenced to 500 hours of community service, coaching a ragtag youth hockey team. Who's never won a game. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the premise, right? So, so you start asking yourself, who are the, who are the people, who are the characters that personify this premise? Who's your hero? Right. So like you say, he's Gordon, a fit. You're talking about Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Gordon Bombay. So you start doing the, you start doing the, the, the mental gymnastics. He's a failed hockey player turned hotshot lawyer and he's obsessed with winning. What does a love interest look like? with this premise guys bouncing off of me oh, oh a love interest. Okay. yeah i'm asking i thought you're about to answer your own question yeah i i think it looks like a red-haired mother <laughs> of one of the charlie creek, no. one of the dawson's creek kids uh, <laughs> right right a single mom who mm. is working hard to take care of her son and he's one of the players on the team. Like that is a love interest that is very specific to this concept, this premise. Who also um, hates who he was, but will love who he becomes. Oh, and that's oh, nice little touch there, Bob. Yeah. Um. What What does the misfit hockey team look like? Right. You start just like throwing out ideas. Like, who how about a goalie that doesn't want to get hit with pucks? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How about a kid who's way too big for his age and intimidating just by his physical presence? Um, How about some figure skaters? Right, exactly. What if a local? What if he he picked up a local figure skater? Right. So you've got all these all these things that are like very specific to this idea, like, and they are special because of this idea. Um, villains. What is a what does the villain look like in a in a in this concept? Like, who is he? The, the team across the, the team across the pond, uh, like, like in any sports or camp movie, you always have the the evil team, right? Right, the bad, yeah. yes, yeah, the, the, yes, the ones who look like they're from the Matrix and they can play. You got your, you got, anything. you, <laughs> you've got <laughs> yeah. your, you've got your privileged hockey team, right? And yeah, they're bullies, and, rich. and you've got your the rich, rich, yes, that's funded. what matters, right? Yeah. And then that 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 comes up with its own set of things. That you can bounce ideas but, off. But, of. By the way, one thing that that led me to think of in almost all sports movies, I was trying to think if there were any that might not have this dynamic. It's always the underdog with a huge road. Like, uh, mm -hmm. can you think of any that are like? I mean, besides That's like Rocky, Rocky Four, yeah, where it's like the champion is the hero. It's usually the underdog. Um, it, it's funny, even in the Rocky movies, then you have to bring in like superhuman Drago, you know, or right, something right. like well, that. Yeah, because it's a comic book movie, that. right? Yeah. So it's always, <laughs> it's. I, I mean, it's. It seems obvious, but it's almost always the underdog. It'd be hard to subvert it to be the champion, but I'm sure there's a way to do it. But you'd have to make the champion well, the underdog because that's what's interesting. That's what they're. That's what they're doing with the series. Sort of, they've turned the 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 ducks into this into the hawks. In the in the series, okay. the, du the, oh, the you, ducks. Oh, you've are actually the watched it, Jimmy. You, no, but it's oh. in the trailer. Oh, I, okay, trailer, okay. The trailer yeah. sells that idea. They've subverted it. The, the ducks, ducks are the are bad guys. The hawks. And so, so Gordon, it's, it's Cobra Kai, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, going back to this whiteboard, so so yep. we, we talked. Who are the villains? Right. It's it's got to be a legendary Pee Wee hockey coach that used to coach our hero. Um, and then you just start bouncing ideas off of that. 
Um, what are the premise places? What are the places that we would experience with this premise, right? Like, think about it. Yeah. Um, you, hockey rinks. Right. <laughs> um, hockey. Uh, outside ice. Uh, right. Lots Frozen of ice ponds. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, sporting goods stores. Uh, sporting goods store. Not even just yeah, hockey rinks, sure. but I would also add professional hockey rinks. Like, they, yes. like that's Another a big one. part of the movie when they go to an right. actual hockey team's rink. Right, the peewee, the peewee ice rinks, the streets of Winter, Minnesota. Right, like you see the kids, the kids, the the kids hang out on the streets of Minnesota when it's like twenty degrees outside. Uh, the the intimate places of some of the poor kids' homes, like we, it's really just Charlie in this movie, but we see his like where his mom works and their small apartment, which isn't very yeah. impressive. You know, they're they're not people of money or. And this stuff yeah. is born. At, this stuff is born out of the concept, right? It's right. like very. It's a. It's like exemplifies this the concept as a place. Uh, what are some of the things that that will become special, based on this premise? That what types of things that you, what, would you see? Like, uh, uh, go ahead, you, Jamie. You, what What do you mean specifically? Like, like yeah, I need props. Oh, yeah, props. props. Oh, things, props. The objects. Yeah, things. Um. Inline skating is one that. Well, you know, how about this? Right what if board. one of the characters owns a sports shop? Hell yeah! Then you and have what, uh, where all the props are born from. Literally, you have the actual store. <laughs> what yeah. if? What if? What if uh, Gordon used to have this old pair of skates that he'd given up? That uh, his mentor has these pair of skates that he resharpens when he shows up back in town and has them waiting for him. They're right. They're his size. They're sharp. They're ready to rock. What if what if there's a framed newspaper highlighting his biggest failure that like created the character that he became the villainous uh, version of himself? No, no. What my, if, what I, if I do have to say that that when I was watching the movie, that was the weirdest part. <laughs> <laughs> like, like first of all, like even if it was Tom Brady missed through an interception, who would frame that? Okay, <laughs> but secondly, for a youth hockey kid. They're framing this like let's shame this youth I, hockey kid. For I, this. He missed the he missed the goal and let's put it in a sporting goods store. I was like, okay. anyway, Hans. That's my think, one. I was like, what the Hans is a what weird is lonely here? man. I think to some degree. Yeah, he's yeah, just been yeah. waiting for the day that that Gordon's gonna show up to so notice that one frame that you can they, use it. Yeah, it's, right. He said, yeah. He's like, I I've just I just found this the other day. <laughs> Yeah. This seems very cool. I've been sitting. It's been sitting here waiting for you to show up for thirty I, years. I posted a <laughs> posted a headline of your greatest failure on the board. <laughs> um, but uh, some other good ones. Uh, what if they used eggs to train because they don't have any money and they yeah. have to teach them how to use soft hands? What if What if they tossed footballs back and forth to teach communication and teamwork? What um, if they tie the goalie up to the goal to make him to force him to yes. understand what it feels like? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. So, um, what if what if their uniforms were so shitty because they don't have any money? It just like was like pajamas with like D five and marker on them. Um, like, so these are the types of idea idea generation I, exercises that you you do. What if yeah, and, and like the naming convention of I you know something I never really registered is like the name like the how it's set up with the guy's name versus the movie. Yes, that was and, yeah, actually like, I, I I didn't even go into that. My first question was okay, who's the who's the mascot? The ducks. Okay, so what motivates that choice? You like ma- you, you name the guy Ducksworth. It's yeah, yeah right yeah. So you can yeah. see the whiteboard. Yeah, and, I mean, even things like you know their chant, the quack chant, um, right? That's the, the, the flying V, the flying V, the premise specific tactics, right? The twirling figure skating shot, uh, the full 
uh, take the fall when they're when they're even when they're cheat trying to cheat. It's premise specific. Take the fall, act hurt, get indignant. <laughs> yeah. So um, and then and then the the last one I wanted to do was scenarios, right? So like, what scenarios would you experience? You explain. You said that one perfect, Bob. What if they tie him to the? What if they tie him to the goalpost so he can't even move? Right. 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 What if What if the mit- misfits kids get a shopping spree at a hockey store? Like these are the like like what if the what if what is this what does this champagne celebration look like in a hockey movie full of kids? It's a bunch of coke also, cans we, spraying we, everywhere. We might mm-hmm. graze over, but what if the world's greatest slap shotter can't skate? Yeah, or right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's afraid. He's afraid. He's, yeah. he's literally yeah. afraid of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, these things, these are all in the construction. They took the time. They did the whiteboard. And that's why it's so memorable because it's so specific. Like it's so could only happen in this movie, in this story world. And because because like what I see so often that like the thing that separates the amateurs from the pros, because for the, for anyone who's listening for the first time, I I read amateur screenplays all day every day that's my job and this is the one thing that people don't do they they have scenes like like they 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 have scenes and they have great characters and they have great dialogue but none of those scenes are special to the premise like they're scenes that i could place in any movie i so often am given material that's like really well written Right. It's it's got all the ingredients, except it's not premise specific. So I could interchange the dialogue. I could interchange the scenario and place it in another romantic comedy. I'll get a romantic comedy script and I'll have all these romantic comedy uh, moments. And I but I could pop them into any romantic comedy. But, They're not specific to the concept. Like, Can I sum it up a little maybe a little simpler too? like what what you're saying to me, Jimmy, is, yes, it's a premise with a skin, but the way it's written actually like yes, you can make this movie with any sport, but the way mm-hmm. this movie is written, it makes hockey integral to it. Absolutely, like, yes, and every every creative choice is so specific to right. to a hotshot lawyer uh, who is obsessed with winning, coaching a youth hockey team who's never won. Like it's you could, like, like, so like specific to the that. actual writing, the details make hockey important. That's what, absolutely uh, yeah yeah yeah. And where what I'd like to add, we were going to talk about this later, but this is a great point. Time to do it. But, you know, we mentioned that all these sports movies have the same things, the training sequence, the, the you know, moving through the playoffs, the moving up the ranks sequence, the final game. They almost all, whether it's Rocky or, you know, uh, this one or, or Major League or anything. But well, I, I think of the year. <laughs> rookie yes, of the year. Right. I love yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. So, so the things these things are like if if you were to ask me like well how do i make my training sequence um not cliche or or not the same old same old or what do i write just they train they they lift weights but <laughs> if you look at all of those and this one included so the training sequence in this one has has the uh the goalie scene you know tie him to the goal and fire at him that's a scene that you might not see in um uh with young blood with Rob Lowe mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. or some other hockey that's unique to, to this movie. Uh, you can only have that in this movie. And that's what you always want to be asking yourself. Whenever you fall into those, those things that you kind of have to do is what's the version of this training sequence that could 
that would only be seen in my particular premise. Mm -hmm. And what's the version, the finale, you know, when they have the figure skating move or, or some of those other things, what's the version of the big game? What are the tactics they'd use in the big game that would only be seen in my movie and not seen on miracle or something like that? Like they're not going to have a figure skating. uh, Exactly. Like you said, you spent all your time setting up Fulton. So you can only have a game where everyone else sees Fulton and is literally scared of him. That happens yeah. only in your movie because of what you yeah. set up, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's it it has to be those kind of things. Even rock even the more realistic things like Rocky or something, which might show you or Hoosiers, which has certain techniques like um pass the ball four times before we that's unique to that story. Uh and, and Rocky, it might be punching slabs of meat because yep. he's poor and doing stuff. Yes. Like these are the things that only happen in those movies. You need if you're writing a sports movie. Because all this stuff is going to be kind of formula, quote unquote, these are the places where you have to find things that are unique to your telling, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's related yeah. to whiteboard and premise. Yes. And all that Specificity, stuff. man. Specificity. Uh, and that, does, that, does that take us to... Now, we jumped around a lot on this, so... Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I apologize for being a little confused. <laughs> Um, premise pretzels and nightmare fuel. Do we? Is that? Yeah, Jamie. Jamie, yeah. explain premise pretzels. Premise and I'll, pretzels. I'll bounce. I feel off like we've it. talked about premise. Pretzels yeah, before. we have. So, so premise pretzels is just a technique within premise. Like you come up with a really cool idea, and then you you like. I have a lawnmower outside my house. That's okay. <laughs> Cute like lawnmower. lawnmower. It's just like we're um, filming a movie. It's like we're. It's yeah. almost like we're talking over Google Meet. yeah exactly so once you come up with a good premise then you kind of have to look at it from all angles so you can almost use a premise two three different ways sometimes Mm -hmm. uh when you get to it like so it it actually it's almost like your premise has its own beginning middle end or story arc Mm -hmm. or something like that you fold it back on itself um What's a good example of that, Jimmy? So, uh, in the, so, uh, oh my God, there's so many. There's, uh, like in Terminator Two, they have to break Sarah Connor out of out of a major secured facility, and then in the third act, the three of them have to break into, into a major it. secured facility. Um, in uh, Fury Road, it, it, there's so many. In uh, in Demolition Man, uh, there originally the when when they first uh wake up from men from the past awaken in the future they're driving uh, there's an action sequence with with futuristic cars and then in the third act uh the there's an action scene where the men from the past are driving the relic past cars to circumvent the future tech so it's like stretching it and reversing it and escalating it like we talked about in uh in Men in Black, it opens with uh, with an action scene on the U.S. Mexican border, uh, where uh, the men in, Tommy Lee Jones is stopping an alien from crossing the Me- the U.S. Mexican border, and then it ends with Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith trying to stop an alien from leaving the Earth border. Right, right. Like it's the same it's the same idea, the same concept, but you know, escalated and twisted and given new meaning. Um, and in this one, there's there's like a, like a really pure premise pretzel where the story starts with Gordon as a kid, um, and he's got to take the penalty shot with his coach giving him like a really discouraging, intimidating speech, and then 
this the premise they twist the premise and give us the reverse of that and in the climax it's charlie is in the same scenario just have fun out there right right where he's the kid and gordon is now the coach and so that's that's a premise pretzel it's taking the same idea and twisting it and giving it new new exploration and this was a term that i learned from jamie too so i i've been using it all the time now i also feel like that's kind of the theme of the movie for me it's just have fun out there just have fun out there yeah 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 kind of what mighty ducks (laughs) is for me yeah And then the, okay, so the nightmare fuel. So I talked about this a little bit in the Indiana Jones. So uh, there's that, there's that, um, like, there's that Joseph Campbell quote, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And um, I'll give you a line from the movie that perfectly encapsulates where I'm going with this. Uh, The limo driver says, uh, the ring's got to be about here, around here somewhere when when they're looking for the kids for the first time. And Gordon says, just look for a sign that says personal hell Um, (laughs) (laughs) because your job as a writer is to create as many people, places, things, and scenarios that put your character through their personal hell. And, and so the, this movie is Gordon Bombay's worst nightmare come to come to reality. And, and, uh, and why, why I like, pointing out this technique nightmare fuel is because people your your mind instantly goes to horror right like you say nightmare fuel well it's got to be horror well almost all comedies are nightmare fuel um for your lead character like uh in planes trains and automobiles um steve martin's like fear inner inner problem is he he fears emotional connection and vulnerability and the story is constantly throwing him into situations where he has to like make emotional connections with other humans <laughs> it is steve martin's work planes trains and automobiles is steve martin's character's worst nightmare um and and it's it's a great way to uh to come up with ideas is to to ask yourself uh get your character to ask i'll do anything you need me to do to achieve the goal except face my fears in order to achieve the goal and what are facing those fears if you figure that out then you can come up with a bunch of different scenarios so, like Gordon, like Gordon Bob. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so Gordon, yeah, Gordon Bombay's nightmare fuel is literally not just being in charge of the kids, but also losing. He's with losers. He is right. now a loser and he has to right. learn what losing feels like and means. And that it's not really the worst thing in the world. It's <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, that's his nightmare. He, that, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he's a guy who, who is obsessed with winning. Right. And they, you, you surround him with people who are, who up to that point are incapable of winning. Um, and you, you, you put him back in face to face with his old coach who wounded him. You put him back face to face with all his losses. You put him back like, reliving in the actual locations all the places that he was traumatized and it's and and then that's how he grows and in this movie to add an extra layer they even note that his memory of missing that goal is tied to his father's death so it's not just the nightmare fuel of his failure it's like right. the sadness of the, his life. <laughs> and he even says it. Yeah. He, 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 like, I actually wrote that because we're, we're going to get into the shard of glass. But uh, he says, that was the worst time of my life. Yeah. My dad died la- that same year. And Han says the two are not related. And Gordon says, well, it feels like they are. So, yeah. So it's just, it's something I use a lot um, when brainstorming a concept. I figure out what my character's inner fear is and their outer fears. And then I 
come up with as many people, places, and things and scenarios that will just like throw those fears in their faces. And that's how you get a character to grow. So, yeah. Agree. Nightmare. <laughs> Nightmare. Fuel. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, touching base with that, like, I, again, I, heroes, heroes, character, character, character is really, I think the key to making these sports movies work. And again, mm-hmm. fix, fix my father's problem that football is not interesting as a movie you can watch football <laughs> on Sunday. Um, but I think that's the key is, is, you know, giving us a Rocky or, or giving us uh you know, a good coach or something like that. Yeah. And, um, the one thing I was going to say, I, I I was trying to think, I I prefer, especially in the team sport movies, generally, when it is a coach, uh, movies about coaches, where they're the lead mm-hmm. characters. Um, and I was trying to think of the ones, because Major League, I guess, I'm trying, th- that Major one League might... is more about um, Tom Berenger's character. He's the catcher. It is. It's about the it catcher, is. right. And and a lot of times in baseball, you will get catcher stories, like Bull mm-hmm. Durham, for example. Yeah. Because they're almost like coaches. Uh, yeah. They they have a certain point yeah. of view in the game. Like football, you might get a quarterback. Um, I think basketball and hockey, in particular, and maybe soccer too, is a quarterback. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think basketball, hockey, they're trickier. I mean, you can do a point guard or something, but they're such you know even the, the the positions aren't delineated as like one is the kind of coach on the field as much. You could have a gotcha. point guard and things like that. So I, I find that those movies typically are more about the coaches, like Hoosiers, I think of, mm. and, and some of the other ones, Bad News Bears. So you think uh, the choice of sport is League of their own. gonna dictate League of Their Own is catcher. League of Their Own is the catcher. Um, yep. Gina Davis, yeah. Um, and the pitcher. I would sister. say Tom Hanks has some central there's That's some true. central in him too. Yeah. So Jamie, do you think this the choice of sport is sort of dic- it, it, it it does dictates the, the POV? Yeah. It did it definitely does. And there's, there's of course, exceptions to all these rules, yeah, but I, yeah. I, I was just having a, I was just thinking like, you know, what works and what, what sort of doesn't work as well. I mean, anything, anything well, you the, could it, make work in this movie. It's definitely Gordon. Is, it's about Gordon. Like he is. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't yeah. say the kids are Charlie, maybe kind of. Yeah. Charlie with. has a little bit more. He's, he's like yeah. the feature. He's like the featured duck for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. Gordon's story. So, like if you think of a movie like Slapshot or something, um, Paul Newman's almost like a player coach. You know, it's usually like the old player that's almost like a coach. You know, the team, the <laughs> team, the team leader, you could say, just the team leader. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. Way to put it. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, it's things like that too. The guy who's seen it all. The guy who's seen it all. Half man, I guess. Really, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of the half there's, man. There's definitely half. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. And um so that yeah. also oh go ahead jamie sorry yeah yeah no i was i think i was about to say what you were gonna say no go for is, it then yeah it kind of it kind of rolls into um the hero's wants and needs and in this case our emilio who should have been tom cruise come um, on <laughs> yeah <laughs> what by the way i heard charlie was going to be jake gillenthal was it was the other one it could have been yes. jake gillenthal or leonardo dicaprio that's the other wow. one, Leonardo. That's amazing. Such, so weird. I actually prefer yeah. being all the, the smaller grade, the B grade names in this movie. Yeah, man. And after all these years, I kind of am happy that it's not. Yeah. Leo it would change the feel of it. It would for change sure. the feel of it for me. Yeah. 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 
Well, I mean, nobody knew Leo back then, though. Yeah, he yeah, yeah that's true. Kid, so yeah. If, if I'm saying, it, I, I mean, like, looking back now, I just like it better the way it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kid, the guy who played Charlie, what's his name, Joshua Jackson, he yeah. would have been in Titanic in that world. <laughs> well, Dawson's Creek was pretty big, right? Dude, he was yeah. Dawson's Creek gig, yeah. Friends. Yeah, the oh, affair yeah, was. Uh, he Dude. was in the affair recently. That's what I. Yeah, watched. he's yeah. he's had a great career. But um, you were talking about wants and needs. Jay. Wants and needs. Um, so uh, our lead character then uh is wants, need, and shard of glass. The interesting thing about his want, I think, in most movies like this, like you'd say, the want was to get back to work or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and but because of what we said, where he almost arcs before the end of Act One, mm-hmm. where he like has this new trajectory his want is actually to get the team winning uh you know yeah. to make the playoffs and stuff like that and it happens relatively early yeah it's like that... it's like 45 minutes it shifts like to yeah. a new one kind of right mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's that's so, it's very interesting and 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 different in that way like you could see another movie where you tie the want to like you know, if you want your job back, you have to win the right. championship or something like they that. They could have gone so, that route. I know yeah. I keep yeah. bringing this up, uh, but also you could also say, like, he wants to impress his fathers. And in the beginning, he's still mm-hmm. trying. He's been trying to impress Coach Riley for his entire life. And then right. Hans kind right. of gives him, reminds him of what his original father and what his new father, Hans, wants. Yeah. And now yes. he wants to impress Hans. He doesn't want to see that look on Hans's face ever again, where yeah. he's like, "You're so busy screaming at the kids." <laughs> he doesn't want to see that ever again. That's a want, right? Yeah, like he wants I like Hans. that. Yes, yeah. that's good. He wants his approval yeah. of Hans. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely I, trackable. And then his need is, um, I mean, I think it's it's sort of there's a few different things they're playing around with. Like he needs to understand winning isn't everything you know mm-hmm. let's just have fun out there mm-hmm. those kind of things mm-hmm. um what need is usually the lesson they need to learn so mm-hmm. the want is that external goal the thing you usually see in the log line that external goal so he wants to you know win or, or whatever win the championship get the kids he, to win yeah. yeah yeah he needs to realize that the team and the fun of it and the road in the in the golden fleece sense the road is more important than the prize than the destination. Yeah, the destination. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, sportsmanship, like play fair, have no. fun. It's all it, about it's all about how you about having fun and. and... It, interestingly enough, the, my two favorite sports movies, um, they have similar lessons, but in the end, the teams lose. Um, mm-hmm. The Rocky loses, um, but gets respect. Um, these are spoilers. I don't know. Bad News Bears. <laughs> Spoiling Rocky, for God's sake. <laughs> bad, bad, bad News Bears has like the greatest ending because they lose and they get like a trophy and they throw the trophy across and it's like, F you guys. <laughs> they, don't, they don't care. They're just like, we're, we're the champs kind of thing. Well, or they, in won, their mind. they won spiritually. They yeah, won spiritually. That's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. There's this great ending. This yeah. one, this one, because it's Disney, they kind of have to give them, not only do they have to have them have the lesson, they have to give them the win and they have to have uh, the hero go on to get a minor league contract, even though he probably hasn't played in 30 years since he was like 10. <laughs> well, they, I think like, that was know. obviously setting up. They, <laughs> right. they, I, they saw potential before it even was released, obviously. Yeah. Because that yeah. ending, right. the bus ending, I was like, oh. Remember, really we'll knew. be back next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's coming yeah. back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, but anyway, that's the need is, is there that they have. Um, and then 
there's usually there's this thing called the shard of glass and save the cat and it goes by different terms and other and other things um so shard of glass is usually the origin story behind their flaw you know it's like whatever mm-hmm. their flaw is uh, the way they see the world what's the origin story and in this case it's kind of like you mentioned it it's kind of that double shard of glass um where on one hand their father died and that was somehow tied to the miss like almost like the only thing he had after that was hockey and the evil father. And he and he even references him in that speech in, you know, make your dad proud. He's not here. Right. I wish he could be, but make yeah. your dad proud. So he like makes him feel like he failed his dead dad too. Yeah. Yeah. And and like we, we mentioned, that's when the true arc happens, is when they're able to remove that chart of glass where that origin story is no longer something that's like jammed in their psyche, mm-hmm. you know, holding them back. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to kind of figure out a character arc, figure out the moment where that goes away, where they give up on that it, negative thing. That would be when he tells them, I can't believe I spent all those years carrying what you thought. Right. Yeah. It's very yep. specific and, and yeah, easy yeah. to easy to see. Yeah. 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 And usually in kids movies, Disney movies, these things are pretty specific and easy to find. Yeah, uh, they're usually very on the nose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you get into an independent Sundance movie, it might be a little trickier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mighty Ducks ain't uh, an art house movie. Yeah. Well, it was. They tried. They tried. They're right. They tried. It was going to be, but then, <laughs> who knows? Maybe the show will have some really big swings. Statistically, <laughs> yeah. we need yeah. the Zack Snyder version of the Mighty oh, Ducks, God. like the dark grim. At least version. the brill cut. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, yeah, we're where are we on unconventional hero? No, we mm-hmm. we're we're still on. I'm lo- uh, my time. I'm losing timeline. Uh, we uh, on we're one. we're on comic obsessions now. Yeah, so, let's do so that. Jamie Jamie, Jamie tied in team creation to this. Um, you can bounce off some of because I I didn't track many, but but I thought like like you just said, Jamie. Disney movies tend to be really good teaching pieces. Um, because the stuff that Disney movies do- does it's like really clear and, and sometimes on the nose. Um, and, and um, if you're trying to learn comic obsession, so if you haven't heard, heard this before, we've talked about this in previous episodes um, and this tracks not only in comedies, but we've, we, we, we found a comic obsession in Midsommar. Uh, we, it doesn't matter. It's, the it's, genre. Yeah, it's, it's beyond it, genre. It, it's, yeah. it's since we've been pointing this out, it's pretty consistent in movies. Um, so I went to a, a Robert McKee seminar, you know, love him or hate him. Um, uh, I love him. Um, especially in adaptation, but, uh, the, uh, <laughs> you, my friend don't know Jack about life. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's it, it, what, what Robert McKee poses and he didn't create this idea. He just put a name to it and, uh, gave, gave an explanation of how to use it as a tool is that the way to, to create uh, comedy in a character is to figure out what it is that they're blindly obsessed with. And, and what we mean by blindly obsessed with is to the character, it's a normal behavior and to us, it's neurotic. So sometimes they're aware of it, but sometimes they're completely unaware of it. Um, so in this, I found, like, I actually think Gordon in the first act, before he has his first act arc, Gordon's obsession with winning is, is like, where yeah, a lot of yeah. the comedy mm-hmm. in his character draws, right? He's he's gloating about being 30-0 and, and, and like, they're... 
he he's got a just win license plate right like it's all all of the little jokes about gordon are about his obsession with winning um uh the way the way he treats the judge and the cops and all that yeah yeah he's so fucking cocky Mm -hmm. um and that's all about his obsession with winning and then uh i don't know if you guys agree with me here but i think goldberg stops being funny once he stops being afraid of the puck Mm -hmm. oh yeah (laughs) yeah. he doesn't doesn't really get screen time after that yeah because it's like go ahead jamie yeah well no i was gonna say so these are also related to kind of mini arcs which i I yeah yeah yeah. go ahead a lot of times when you have a team each character gets one little mini arc and it's Mm -hmm. It's literally the type of thing where they have a problem, like I'm scared of the puck, it gets fixed. And that's yeah, it. And that's it. It's not right? a big journey, usually. <laughs> because you don't have enough time to do big journeys with ten different players or something like that. So and that also yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that also I, I, I had meant to say to bring it up when I talked about the nightmare fuel, you can do the same thing with supporting characters, right? Like like mm-hmm. that's in, when when they tie Goldberg to to the to the goalpost that is his nightmare fuel and it's fucking funny yeah yeah um and um and and averman's got his rob schneider stick which it's funny it doesn't track his rob schneider stick when you watch it now but it really was it really was him doing right yes that's like (laughs) like people watching it now who had never saw that would probably be like interestingly written by a guy who would go on to write movies starring rob schneider rob schneider yeah (laughs) Yeah, so yeah um i don't know did you guys did you guys notice any other comic obsessions besides those i'm sure there's more i just didn't see them there's not much meat on the kids bones here it, it, mm. like i think rewatching it now with uh, for this show you know because i've never watched muddy ducks with a, a curious eye an analytical mind, yeah it's yes. muddy ducks <laughs> i don't watch it with a curious eye but <laughs> there is not much like goldberg like you said goldberg and i mean there charlie has an arc kind of oh yeah uh, you know but it the, the, the kids they're really not that meaty uh, it's really just yeah. winning favor with them and that's about it it's there i mean you could say that jesse and the really short kid, I forget his name, uh, the one who wears like the leather jacket, like they're kind of the voice of the conscience of the team. Yeah, but I don't yeah. think they have a specific blind obsession. There, okay, there's some like classist things. Like, there is that. You know, they yeah, yeah. They don't like the rich kid, and I think Cake I think eater. they do. They, yeah, and I think yeah. they arc a little bit with banks in that in that regard. Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah I was gonna bring up Jamie. You've said this before, and we always forget the third one. You you mm-hmm. you said. And I agree with it. You've said many times that all character arcs at their uh, m- most character arcs at their core can be broken down into two things: uh, learns to gain confidence or learns mm, to work yeah. as a team. Right. And that's sort of like this whole movie. It's like all of all the characters yeah. are both of that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. like you just said with uh, Banks and Jesse. Like that's them. Like needs to work as a team, and that's the that's the re- big reversal in the end. Like, hey, go give the go give the Hawks hell, and Jesse says, "Okay, cake eater." Like, and 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 then the the other all the other kids, their little mini arcs are just like different versions of learns to have confidence. Like Charlie can't score when he's the one on one. He's afraid to be the one with the puck when the game's on the line, and he 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 scores the penalty. Like uh, Goldberg's a goalie. Yeah. He's afraid of the puck. We talked about that. Fulton's afraid to play because he can't skate, so they mm-hmm. make him teach him mm-hmm. how to skate. So it's all all these kids. It's basically like like you said, Jamie, before. Like it's either learns to have confidence or learns to work as a team, and like it's all sort of an exploration. So of that. 
So you're actually, um, you're doing the one I added. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's learns to be confident or learns to care more. Ah. So, oh. so the one I always forget is the team one, and you're adding that. In. Oh, okay. Uh, team I one, that yeah. really plays here, though. I mean, that, the yeah. team one is the one I added. Uh, okay. Because I think when we did the Incredibles way back when, and the, yeah. you know, another uh, Disney. I, it's yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, hmm. And, and it's a version of learns to care more, really. It's a riff off of it, but you see it so often is like, yeah. we're better together than apart. Yeah. Um, but we, like in The Incredibles, they do care about each other and they care about each other a lot, but they think they work better in isolation sometimes. So, um, and I think in this case, uh, the team one actually works. As well. Yeah, it works yeah. really well. Okay, yeah. so that's the third. <laughs> and, and I think the now. cares more works in this one too. There's yeah, a lot definitely. of caring more. Well, you can even yeah. argue this for Gordon too, right? For mm -hmm. Gordon, yeah. for the kids, because like, you know, like, one, I mean, when you meet them, like the kids aren't giving their all. They're, you know, Goldberg like goes to the side. Just go, just shoot in the like when all the kids are attacking him. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised more kids didn't have the comic obsessions that, that right that when I you know watching it like this, I was like, wow, it's only like two of them. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I would have thought there'd be more, you <laughs> but know, it still works. It still oh, it totally works. I'm not. It's not like a. I think that would make it even more overstuffed if we spent more time on that. But it's a good note, Jamie, because like, you know, that's one of the things, you know, I've, I was talking earlier about me reading these amateur sports scripts and a lot of those, one of the ingredients that's missing is like highlighting the players, the little mm -hmm. side players and giving them their own little mini problems, you know, these fears. And like you said, it's real easy, right? Goldberg's afraid of the puck. Now he's not. That's all you need. You know right. what I what I want to give the and this is a good time to say it. What I want to give the movie props for is that there it, it would be kind of hackish and expected if Banks coming onto the team and his skill made someone else hate him because they were the top dog. But uh -huh. there's no. But the one thing this movie doesn't do is have a top dog on the team. Right. Because because there, no, there is none. no top dog. Yeah. Right. Like literally, Gordon knows that, and he brings his he gets his own top dog. Yeah. Legally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And yeah. Which and he's I, a lawyer, I, and he uses the yeah, premise. He uses his premise to get yeah, yeah to is, get the kid. How how does a lawyer get the star player? He manipulates the system. Right. <laughs> it's all yeah, there's it's, the premise. It's. It's funny because that's the one thing I have to give this movie kudos for. Um, you know, I make fun of like goofy things like the the article hanging on or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or even the team being in the newspaper or, you know, there's some <laughs> yeah, right. silly stuff like that. Um, but the one thing I do give this thing props for, it, it, it shows how the team could go from really bad to better. It has mm -hmm. this incremental um, way uh, that it could get better. So, you know, first they get the kid that's, can fire like a hundred miles an hour, you know, um, yeah. second, second, they teach the team to be better, but still that wouldn't be enough, you know, cause they still right. kind of stay they get pro skaters, kids, or, yeah. they, they get better uniforms yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, cause yeah. you, you, uh, you get better equipment, you know, that's, that's a thing, you know, mm -hmm. you start feeling more confident. They, they poach a kid from the best team. Uh, you know, these are all things that, it's it's not just like one thing or it's not just because I gave a speech they're suddenly better. They <laughs> incrementally learn. The team actually incrementally gets better that you kind of buy in that by the end of the uh the movie, maybe they can make a play because it's a different makeup of a team. Yes. And a different mindset by the end than it was in the beginning. So the team has an arc that you can legitimately track. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, man, I totally yeah. agree. 
Uh, where are we? Classrooms. Uh, we uh, back up one. The uh, the villain. Oh, unconventional hero versus villain approach. Right. We're you're almost back on the on the sure. track, Jamie. I, yeah. I mean, Bob. I'm totally <laughs> off today. Apologize, <laughs> to listeners. So so okay. So the thing that stuck out most to me, um, watching this movie back, and I haven't seen this movie in twenty plus years. Um, oh, really? Okay. But before that, I I had the VHS and I wore it out. You know. Um, like I could, I could, I was amazed that like, I can't remember like what I had for breakfast, but I can remember what Gordon Bombay says to Charlie, even though I won't I bet you remember that years. beautiful score. <laughs> One thing yes. I know oh, yeah. a script podcast, but the score Have is just. Have in response to the score. score no, is score, so good, man. I, the score is good. Definitely um, is good. so, so, okay. So typically I think this movie has like, it's really instructive because it has like a really unconventional approach to the villain. Um, the hero versus villain that we've talked about so many times in this in this podcast. So, like, typically the villain is a circus mirror of the hero, and but they're not there yet. Like, they're total opposites, right? Like, typically what we see time and time again, like Indy versus Belloc. If Indy makes all the wrong choices, he's Belloc. We just talked about that one. Luke versus Vader. If Luke makes all the wrong choices, he will become Vader. He's not Vader now, but he will become Vader. Correct. Um, for instance, in a comedy in Bridesmaids, Annie, if Annie makes all the wrong choices, which she does over the course of the story, she will become Helen. She'll be just as bad as what Helen's doing. And eventually she gets there and then goes back to who she was from the beginning. In this movie, when we meet Gordon, he's actually like an escalated worse version of the coach. Like when we meet yeah, him, he's, doing he's manipulating the, the, the legal system. He's fucking, he's, he's manipulating judges. He's cheating the, he's cheating the judicial system. Yeah, it's um, not just peewee hockey that doesn't yeah, it's really not affect the world. He's but. gone a step above uh, Coach Riley. Like Coach Riley is fucking low level slime compared to who Gordon is when we meet him. And then he realizes as the story unfolds that he has become the villain and works to undo all of that damage that the villain did to him to become the hero. So it's really interesting that it works that yet he still feels like our typical standard Disney he hero, you know? Like I think that's like really cool that it that it's completely different than how we you typically see. He starts out like as the villain and I and that one I think the movie also really... is like it's more specific. It's like yes, everything you just said about the legal system, but also Gordon, you could argue Gordon as a hockey coach realizes if he keeps doing this, he becomes the the evil hockey coach that he hates. Too as well. You know what I mean? Yes. Like the specificity <laughs> of like I'll just become Coach Riley if I right. keep going. Right. It's not about well, who he is in real life. But they have that great moment when he gets there and he's trying to mimic mimic him. him. Like right. he still he still loves this guy, right? He right. still reveres this guy. He's trying to he's doing the same thing, win, win, win. And he's and he, he's like replaying as he's as the guy's saying, It's not worth winning if you can't win big. He's like mouthing the words along with him. And when he's first doing it, he's doing it sort of out of like pro out of like pride and like camaraderie and then he like realizes that all that's wrong and I, I just thought that was a really cool way to like craft your hero versus villain to actually start the hero as the villain or even yeah. worse really yeah it's that was it's, it's it's different it's it's another thing with um and it, again it just tells me character really changes things around but in the bad news bears which is it 
And honestly, I don't see these two very much alike when I watch them. You know, they do mm-hmm. have the same trappings and the same premise. Right. But the Bad News Bears, Buttermaker is like a former minor league coach. And um, he actually, in the end, gets almost evil and competitive himself. Like, he really wants to win, you know? And he sees the villain coach, who's kind of, you know, the ordinary dad guy, like slap his son, I think, is what happens. Oh, wow. That's what kind of clicks. That's what kind of clicks Buttermaker into place. Like, you know, I, I he's almost the, like Buttermaker's almost the villain in, in some ways. Like yeah. he's the one that is obsessed. But when he sees that, he kind of realizes uh, that winning isn't everything, and he kind of backs off. Um, but it's just so different because in this movie, you do have that counterpart that that father son evil father son dynamic, and that to me flavors the movie in such a different way that there's not that like i think of the dynamic in bad news bears as being the butter maker and um i can't think of the girl Wurlitzer, i think is her name <laughs> um and that's that's a girl that's almost like a surrogate daughter to him yeah uh, you know that, right. that becomes the pitcher and that that becomes the relationship story really in that movie in some ways that of the things he's trying to overcome but anyway it just goes to show me that if you can change the characters in this fundamentally mm-hmm. and really orchestrate it as well as the premise paint You'll get a totally different story with, with all different kinds of treats and uh, lessons <laughs> learned and all that fun stuff. Yes, totally agree. Now we're on the classroom. Now, Bob. yeah. Now I was going to say. Now we're where it caught out to me going too far ahead. Ducksworth go to classroom. Did did you guys notice this when you were watching it? Yeah. That yeah. I I don't I don't know what you're talking about. So I want to hear. It. I, I think <laughs> ahead, I know Bob. what you're talking. No, no, I. I might think of the wrong thing. Okay. So you say it so, first, and then I'll decide if so, I'm dumb. So, so we haven't – we've been – you know, we're 60 movies into breaking down how uh, a story is constructed. Jimmy, move the mic a little closer to your face. We're 60 movies into breaking go. down how the movie is – how movies are constructed. And uh, you know, we've noticed this thing that happens like movie after movie that Jamie has deemed go to the classroom scenes where – people are sitting in a classroom and like somebody just like says the teaches them the theme it's up on the chalkboard or somebody just says it overtly and a lot of times in movies you'll be surprised to find that like even in these indie dramas there's there's a scene where someone just like outright says the theme to the character the lesson that they need to learn we talked about this in the midsomar episode we talked about it in uh, toy story 4 recently um, another Disney movie. These Disney movies—they're—they're e- good teaching examples. In this one, it's when when Ducksworth is uh, talking to Gordon. It's like very, very uh, easy to see that this is like the classroom scene he's, where he's teaching him the lesson, and he says, uh, "There's two of them." He says, "We score. We don't spike. Next time, a little restraint might be in order, Gordon." So that's the sportsmanship aspect of the lesson that Gordon needs to learn. And then he says, you need a break. You're too wrapped up in your work. And and Gordon says, my work is my life. And he's like, exactly. The community service will do you good. It'll teach you compassion, a sense of fair play, how to fit in. And hopefully you'll come back a better person. I mean, it, it doesn't get also, more on the nose. <laughs> also, like kind of kudos to this movie that Ducksworth sort of is a bad guy later. I love that reversal. It's really odd that, that he gets all of it from him and then it's like, yeah. oh. Because you would think I, a normal script would put it in Han's hands completely. Right. And and I yeah. think they do a good job of, of 
giving us a middle beat to that eventual reversal of him just being a complete slime ball. There's that scene where he goes to get to ask for sponsorship. He says no, yeah. And and he's like he starts to look like it starts to respond in a way that's more slime ball-y and not more like wise man teaching. And that it, I think that like paves the way for that reversal enough. Like he's like, hmm, my name on a jersey and our law firm looks good. Hmm. It actually like, makes it, you like realize that he really wanted Gordon to fix himself so he could eventually be better at his job, thus profiting him. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. wasn't Ulterior about Gordon's motives. life. Yeah, Ulterior yeah. motives. Yeah, but um, this is that that's uh, that Ducksworth scene is a really good, um, instructive uh, way to like see a, a, a scene where the the movie's theme is is said out loud to the character, and then basically it sets the it sets the the everything in motion and all the other characters are sort of different versions of that. Like trying to teach him a lesson, like Charlie refuses to cheat, right? Like he, he'd rather lose fair than, than win with cheating. And right. Hans, like you said, Hans tells him um, like, yeah, Riley wins, but he's a jerk and he cheats and he's like, not someone he reminds he, I him. I think he said he's an idiot. I think he just, he's an idiot. Said, yeah. He's an idiot. yeah. <laughs> right. So, the um and and really what this is the reason it threw me off was when you put go to the classroom like I was like what? he didn't go to the classroom oh, and yeah, I was like was, was, that was, was later in the movie I, right yeah right yeah. I was thinking of that scene in the yeah. classroom I'm sorry but, I used the actual class I'm sorry I'm, no no worries <laughs> uh, but so what this really is is you know in the Blake Snyder terms the theme stated moment right mm-hmm. and and in the Save the Catholics Blake says it's page seven just put it there you know it's page seven <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's somewhere in the setup, usually. It's somewhere in the first 12. Though I find theme, at least in my book, Save the Cat Rights for TV. Um, <laughs> available on I Amazon. Had, <laughs> available on Amazon. I actually have my own theory on theme stated. I actually think it can float all different kinds of places Absolutely. in your thing. It usually is in the setup. And, and keep in mind that this was around the time Blake was probably writing Blank Check. I don't remember when Blank Check came out. And this is around page seven, I think, mm-hmm. uh, when yeah. he has this. It's like so, eight minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the Disney, you know, if you're trying to do a true blue constructed Disney, this is what Blake was talking about. You know, he he knew it because he analyzed movies like this and, and wrote movies like this. And it was around page seven. But here's the key to it. The key to it is it's usually someone else calling your main character on their flaw. Mm-hmm. So they usually... And and the reason it comes up on page seven, this is the organic. So again, I'm Mr. You could have it on page 20 if you want. You don't have to do it on seven. But the reason it usually comes up in the setup is because the setup is all about establishing how the flaw is screwing up your hero's life. So because of that, there's usually going to be somebody that says, you know what? If you weren't such a jerk, you'd, your life would be better. Yeah, um, That's going to happen organically if you're establishing the flaw in the first 12 minutes. Yeah, It's yeah. just kind of normal. And I agree with you, Jamie, and we've seen this movie after movie that we've broken down. Every character can can be an expression of theme. Every scene can be an expression of theme. And it's like sort of this back and forth argument as the characters like trying to, uh, you know, wrestle with this flaw and this lesson that they need to learn and and like i said like you're gonna have your riley smacking him in the face with the opposite opposing theme like it's not worth winning if you can't win big um and then you have the other side where like you have the the dad coming in 
and being like, is this why I gave up my overtime pay to watch my kids cheat, you know, right. taking falls? And you just have this back and forth where the story throws situations and characters who are vocalizing to your hero, like, learn the lesson, learn the lesson. And it isn't until they fully learn the lesson that they can grow and arc and, like, achieve the goal in the end. Yeah. So this is... In a, in a Disney movie like this or in a movie like Blank Check, um, <laughs> you're you're a little more on the nose about these things. Yeah, it's and that's okay. Yeah, if you're writing Nomad Land or something, you probably don't want to pop people out of the realism by, you know, because you're, you have right. like this spy, spider sense tingles when the theme is in there. It's like, right. oh, okay. Yeah. So in those movies, um, Maybe you're doing less, uh, you know, show, or you're doing more show, don't tell, uh, you know. And mm-hmm, in these yeah. movies, these movies, you do a little bit more telling. You, you yeah. make it really obvious. You you want the kids to get it. You want them to be able to state it at the end. Yeah, it's a kid's um, genre premise delivery, yeah. even just in the theme. I mean, yeah. as and, a kid, I understood what the message was of this Absolutely. Movie. Right, right. And yeah. most cheeseburger movies in general. When we Easily talk about the digestible, yes. Right, yeah. So <laughs> movies like Iron Man or something probably do have a theme stated. Yes. I, I don't yes. know what it is off the, off top, the top of my head, <laughs> but um, they probably do. Uh, they probably do specifically st- say what the theme I'm is. Sure. They probably hit it a few times. Uh, if you're doing something like some a24 horror movie that you don't want to break reality because it's more scary maybe your theme is more something you really have to dig into and look into and figure out um and suss it yeah, out yeah what's the classroom scene of tree of life <laughs> i'm just kidding the whole movie the whole movie is, is the classroom, classroom scene. scene right no but I, i'm totally agreeing with jamie i'm just kidding. like classroom scenes are for cheeseburger movies yes. yeah yeah for sure they, they, yeah they just don't they don't happen in art films uh we kind of already talked about uh team creation and comic obsession and mini arcs right mm-hmm. so training sequences or playing sequence mm-hmm. how about yeah so writing montages essentially right yeah 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 and we i think i kind of brought that up during the premise stuff the key of those scenes are just make them very specific to your own mm-hmm. um your own story you know uh again the slab of meat in rocky like that's very unique to Rocky. Uh, that's what he punches, you know. Um, another movie, Rocky Three. Uh, was it Rocky Three or was it Rocky Four? The Rocky robot and all that stuff. Rocky the Four is the robot. Okay, so things like that. Um, you put like the rich training sequence in Rocky Three because that's unique to that premise. Right. Um, I I yeah. use the I as a teaching example when I consult on uh, this the sports scripts. Uh, because the because um I run into a lot of problems with this area of the amateur screenwriting uh, sports scripts is the training stuff. Yep. Um, the Pachenko in uh, in the Cutting Edge is a great. It, I mean, we're we're hey, is this, it's probably like ninety two. I don't know off the top of my head, but the, same era. So, hey, even even ice skating. But, uh, uh, hold on. Okay, keep it, talking. Tracking, tracking the how how the story shows them uh, sucking, and then learning, training, and then putting into into the real time of the competition, and then sucking again, and then re, regrouping, and finally winning through all that training is a very instructive example. Um, for me, like I think 
when you asked this question about like uh, how this movie handles training, um, I didn't think I was gonna because in my memory it wasn't that awesome mm-hmm. of a, of an example. But I think it's it does a pretty great job um, tracking, and I think it I think these training sequences need four ingredients right for four things and and a lot of the scripts i consult on are missing one or two of these Mm -hmm. which is you need your act one before training Mm -hmm. where you see them losing right Mm -hmm. and see their lack so so it's almost like jamie to use like something you've talked about before you're before snapshot Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. and uh and and then you need your first half where their their first victory is just learning how to play Right. right. So, so mm-hmm. it's like you're, and those are your sports genre fun and games. Like when we saw that, I mean, this movie has an amazing sports genre fun and game sequence where they're learning just to play. Right. But then you also need your second half of act two where they're implementing the training and they're not like the best, but they're finally, they, they learn how to win like once. Right. And that I, a lot of the scripts that I consult on don't have that. Like we go from training to winning the big game. We don't mm-hmm. go and see them sort of like learning how to pass correctly, learning how to communicate. Right. Just scoring one single goal is the biggest fucking deal to this team. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And that that's that's really yeah, they, huge. They tie in their first game. And they're, and like, they, and they're, like, they're like, yes! Pouring Gatorade on Gordon Bombay just from that. <laughs> right, right. right. That, that is a crucial, that second half of Act 2, when you're having in your sports mm-hmm. movie your people who have been training implementing that training before the big game and then and then the the other i'm sorry jimmy no go ahead jamie the other big thing um in a montage that you really need in a sports training montage is a white snake song (laughs) yes i don't know finally the real script questions i don't know why i picked white snake is there any sports montage with the white snake here i go again i'm I'm sure if it's not season four cobra kai i just like i mean Um, like i it's funny that queen is not in this movie but i it's in like the credits yeah. uh, and it's in the trailer, but it's not in the movie. And I always associate that song with Mighty Ducks. I think they say we will quacky for like two seconds. Oh, I think it's, we I think will. the sequel plays off it way harder. And that's yeah. why Quack it's associated. You. Yeah. The, um, the, the really, um, when I write these, like one thing, this is purely a style thing and for each, each their own. I hate when I have to write montage scenes. I just think on the page, they they're like so blah, or skimmable. You gotta see them. You know they're visual. Yeah, it it really sucks that bullets of things. You know, yeah. On your page. I'm not saying don't write them because people write them obviously. But the one thing I'd say about the Mighty Ducks, I'm not sure that they have. Maybe it does a montage per se as, no, as opposed no. to short scenes and that's short scenes. and that's why it's impactful because we see an extended version of these things and I, right. I like that it's not montage. It, no, the montages are really like at the mall. Yeah. And yeah. and like not the training. It doesn't know? have yeah. that eighties montage flair to it. But it was ninety two. <laughs> Maybe they were trying to actively not do that. And and the mall is kind of its own scene as part of the sequence. Training. Yeah, training. yeah. Um but that's I this is just a style thing. You could certainly do training montages or montages in general. My style, I hate whenever I end up with a montage, I'm always like, is there a way I can turn this into one or two scenes mm-hmm. and just imply the rest? Um, just because they read better. Uh, it's it's purely a style thing. Well, let me there's you, there's you, no conflict you, in a montage. Do you still like montages yeah. in movies? You just don't like writing them is what you're saying. 
Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't this necessarily. It's all execution based. Like yeah, there's yeah. probably some montages where I'm like, okay, they didn't do anything interesting here. Like I do kind of hate the ones that are just like, let's see a guy punching a punching bag. You know what I mean? Like, like what's the story to that? Like there's some it's there's that, some yeah, montages more that bore physical, me. More than physical. There there should be something that gives me like a setup payoff or a twist or a laugh or something. <laughs> um, and, I, and I find I mean, a lot of them the Rocky's montage. Yeah, I've, I find a lot of them are just music, and it's like a little music video of somebody doing stuff. But, I, you know, the Rocky one's great where he runs up the steps and, you know, and things like that. I mean, that's a classic. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It's execution-based uh, yeah. for me. I, yeah. I, I can't say I hate them. I can't say I love them. Um, I just, team on the page... <laughs> Team America is great, yeah, but right. it's a, it's a send up of, of well, one. Yeah, too. but it also well, um, in that in that parody of montages, there's actual story happening in that. There's montage. story happening. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I like to see is the story happening. It's yeah. just one of these things where a montage in the movie has music and it's edited nice and has drone shots and it's running through a crowded street or whatever, and on a page it says drone shot of a person running, <laughs> <laughs> well, man punches slabs of meat you know it's like it's just it's not that fun to read that's well you where, also that's run... filmmaking comes in jamie yeah for <laughs> sure. really is. yeah well you also run the risk which we've talked about many times of uh taking all the trailer moments and like diminishing them to like this page of things and thinking you've checked that box um and that's yeah, all you need is a montage and if you rely point. on that and you don't expand it and give us like multiple scenes of these things of these sports genre fun and games i mean yeah. it's got multiple scenes um as somebody who teaches save the cat a lot of people when they first learn save the cat when they first attempt it they get to that fun and game section and they write a one-page montage and they think they're done that's it they're like oh i did the fun and games like, there's like, my montage nah next no, funny games should be in, in, throughout, i mean right? we've talked about like bill and yeah. ted's excellent adventure not a sports movie but like it's like one long thing because the premise delivery is so strong mm-hmm. of fun and games and this movie's a lot like that i mean this movie is fucking delightful mm-hmm. like for most of its runtime because it's like the premise delivery is so strong right. um it almost feels like fun and games throughout like the entire movie um but uh, I like that you posed the question about like writing these training sequences because yeah. I think there's you can you could easily go wrong with this and like having the before training where they losing, showing them training, and then showing them just like learning how to win once. Like you said, they tied their first game and it was a big fucking deal. And then getting us to the big act three where they're like a transformed team unit who knows how to play. That's Mm -hmm. why it feels so earned because we've Mm -hmm. got, we've got all four of those things. And often I'm reading uh, sports scripts where two of those things are missing. Like we get the before and we get the after and we get no training or we get the training and no first win like you know so or we like dude i can't tell you the number of scripts that skip past the big championship game and we're we just like they're holding the trophy what this dude it happens so often i cannot tell you the number of sports scripts i've various different types of sports not just baseball budget like they don't want to no because because they misunderstand that it's about the journey not the destination right right so they 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 skip past that crucial part final leg of the mile 
that that you're running with your characters and just get I, to like running I, I would, through the I was almost gonna say, like I can almost see a movie with Rocky like ding 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 and blackout. We don't know who wins or something like that. Yeah, I could yeah. See that version of it in some ways, where it really is about the journey. <laughs> you could it's argue, all in your head. Could you argue yeah. the yeah. wrestler? If you guys remember the wrestler, that kind yeah, of does that's that. A good, somewhat, that's a good example. Somewhat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Somewhat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah. It that's does. True. It doesn't really skip over it, but it, it kind of gets you to that point. And, and then, then that's then, specific yeah. to that premise, it though. Is. That's it more it very, it very much is. Very basically, he's basically committing suicide right there. So yeah, I don't even know that that's a golden fleece movie necessarily yeah, yeah, exactly. you know it's not yeah. like he's earning no, it. it's, I, just, it's I, a sports I, movie that's what i thought of it that's all. i was mm-hmm. searching i was searching for his his discussions on sport uh sports i had an old issue of creative screenwriting magazine where uh darren aronofsky is talking about the process of working with the writer for uh the wrestler mm-hmm. and and there was so many good talking points i remember but i don't remember them specifically enough to preach to them but he was talking about how Rudy is his favorite movie, but he mm-hmm. would never make a movie like that. So, like, The Wrestler is his sports movie, the right. Darren Aronofsky flavor yeah. sports movie, right? So, um, but uh, no, I'm talking about where I'm consulting on mainstream Mighty mm-hmm. Duck style mm-hmm. sports movies where we're building to the big game and then we skip past the big game to the, the trophy in well, hand. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's well, like. Let, let- Let's talk about the big game. Okay, yeah, the talk about the finale, yeah. right? That's yeah, a, the finale. The and finale. You usually talk about the the five point finale in movies, Jamie. Right? You you seem to always bring that up. Yep, yep. And 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 this one this one is a tricky one to evaluate. Like um, I was talking to Jimmy a little bit about this beforehand, and again, it it has that problem of having too many things. I think, mm-hmm. it, which is which isn't a problem at all. That's that's a benefit. It's like. There's a lot of ways I could slice this movie. <clears throat> so the the first thing I noticed was the finale. Oh, you know, I almost was tempted to say it probably you could break it down into a save the cat peachy. It probably has like a catalyst mm-hmm. to set up. Um, but I, I noticed it had that good news, bad news technique all over. Mm. Yep. And, yep. And, and whenever you end up in a fun and games or a finale, there's big sections. There's 20, 30 page sections. One way to break them up is to kind of good news, bad news it, um, to try to figure it out. But just looking at it super quick, it was like um, the Hawks were leading, I think, three to nothing. And then uh, I think Emilio calls him over and says, let's fly. Yeah. And they get their first score, you know. Um, And then right after they get the first score, I think they're like sweep the leg or whatever. (laughs) Um, And then – Leg gets swept, so that's obviously they bad take, news. They, they take Banks out, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah. they knock Banks out, which which is another one of those scenes that it probably doesn't age well, like because now with concussions and stuff, like that's a big mm-hmm. deal. Like I probably couldn't write that into my script now, where it's like, yeah. ah, just wheel him off. He's knocked out. <laughs> right. You play little cuckoo, cuckoo music or whatever, you know, and the birds flying or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, so. <laughs> Get, uh, so they, they they get another score. They give one up. Um, they do the figure skating trick, uh, but then they push over the girl. Then the enforcer attack. Uh, their their big enforcer guy attacks, but then he's thrown out of the game. So then they do the flying V. Yay, you know. And then the Hawks, I think, put on the pressure. Uh, they almost get a score, but the Ducks steal, and then they miss, and they don't win. And then the penalty <laughs> to save the game. It just goes back and forth like and the that. Penalty the penalty is thing. the reflection of the. 
of his memories, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so it, you know, it's just one up and down after another. It's like one good news, one bad news after another. So you can see that construction in it. But another way we talk about is the um, the five-point finale. And just to give you the heads up on the five-point finale, it's here are the five points. Uh, it's funny, too, because I wrote these wrong in my book. And, um, <laughs> and the... And the editor That's found amazing. The editor found like half of them, but didn't find the other half. So if you have a first edition, there's like an inconsistency because there's the way I always teach it and the way Save the Cat officially did it at some time. <laughs> um, so and now, now I almost want to look it up to see what the real one is because I can't remember. I got um, them, but you go ahead. Okay. So these are the way I do it. This is the way I call them. Um, gathered, they're, they're basically, I, I use different labels, but they're the same. So gather the team as point one. Um, the second one is execution of the plan. Um, the third one is high tower surprise. Uh, the fourth one is dig down deep, and the fifth one is execution of the new plan. Um, and Jimmy, you said you actually broke these. I I broke them down. Okay. Yeah, and it's they track and then they don't. So okay. for one Mighty thing Ducks, we've, what you're talking about. Yeah. So okay. so. Uh, we've, for anyone listening for the first time, we've, we've noticed that in some of our favorite movies, this tracks like 100% and it's like so easy and so clean and it does the five point finale to a T and then in others, it doesn't do it at all. Like Ninja Turtles, like there's only like two points of this five point right, right. and, uh, yeah. and, and, and. I, I think I think one point that should be made, like these kind of tools, and this is a particular Save the Cat tool, they're better for inspiration and pulling story out of exactly. you. Exactly. And they're really not meant for analysis. Absolutely. You, they're, they're really meant like, hey, what do I do for my finale? I'm sitting here staring at the white page. Oh, let me break out this little tool and figure out what it is. It's you, not you really always, meant to I always like what you labels. say, Jamie. You always say they're, they're guidelines. They're not rules. Yeah, 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 exactly. And yeah. it's it's a great it's a great way to uh yeah, like get from A to Z, right? Like, okay, how do I get from the beginning of my climax to the end of my climax, this little sec chunk of my film and make it make it exciting. Right. So mm -hmm. this five point finale. So this one's instructive in that it doesn't follow it to a T. So so gathering the team, one side of the argument I would say is the whole fucking movie. Is gathering the oh, team, the team right, yeah. <laughs> like the first point of the f of the five point finale is the rest of the movie for me. Like they're adding <laughs> kids to the team far in, like way past the halfway point. Yeah, so, <laughs> all the way to the middle. Yeah, we're yeah. we're gathering the team. Um, but I guess you could argue, Jamie, it's the pep talk at the start of the game where he says, "Let's get fired up," and they do the quack, 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 go yeah. Ducks. That's the gathering yeah, so of the team. Sports movies, it's usually like a speech or something. Right. Though, and though, sometimes it's half. Sometimes the dig down deep has a big halftime speech, so they don't want to put the speech up front necessarily. Gotcha. Like but, like miracle. Okay. Yeah, and, um, but it's usually a locker room. They don't do a locker room moment here. They do do a Star Spangled Banner scene yeah. where they're all there. I, yeah. I think that kind of qualifies. Okay, cool. Um, storming, it, it, executing the plan slash storming the castle, depending on the premise. Um, I just wrote, it's kind of a general, the Ducks face off against the Hawks. They're a transformed team because the first time we saw them, they were facing the Hawks and they lost 17 to nothing. So we see this small period of the first part of the game where they're holding their own, right? The, the, the score is, is staying close. 
and that enough that in itself is really store is really executing the plan right just to stay in the game yeah, against right. this team that absolutely obliterated them but, the first but, time we saw them but by the way uh save the cat rights for tv tidbit i think that's the one i messed up i i always call it storm <laughs> the castle and I think the in the original Blake book, it's called Executing the Plan. How about that? <laughs> yeah. So wait, there's I, two I, editions of your book which say the separate ones? Say the different yeah, because there's a there's <laughs> the, the second edition of my book. So most people get the first printing because it's got to sell you know several thousand copies before you get to the second. Um, but it, the second edition has a couple minor like consistency things and stuff gotcha. like that. That we that's... found when we did the audiobook, because uh, it was like, wait a minute, what is that? You know, <laughs> that's so great. Nice. I love yeah. that, Jamie. Yes, um, we're all human, right? We're only human. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I always call it storming the castle. Yeah, apparently, yeah. and, and I, don't know, it... I don't know where I got that. To be honest, I it's... kind of like it better. And yeah. I, honestly, I, maybe you got it from me because I use it all the time. I, the no, castle. I've always, uh, I've always used it. Maybe um, you just like Princess Bride. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's a siege movie, if it's a siege movie, it's defending the castle. It's really yeah. premise specific. Yeah, storming um, the castle just means, you know, doing yeah. the thing, doing executing the plan. the plan, executing the plan. Um, okay. The high tower surprise is, but coach Riley, like you said, has his bullies attack Adam and they injure him. And the ducks best player is out of the game. That's the big high tower surprise. And Bob, like you said, the dig down deep, is when Gordon finally confronts Coach Riley. Right. He removes that shard, yes. that wound, and he says, to think I wasted all those years worrying about what you thought. You're going down. Now it's just about winning. It's just about winning yeah, and yeah. having fun. And that, and then executing the new plan. So, Jamie, I found four plans back to back mm -hmm. to back mm -hmm. to back to back. Right. And, but it starts with, like you said, Bob, Gordon saying, it's time to play smart hockey and let's have fun. Um, and then... And then they execute. They use the power play advantage to get Fulton a clear shot, and he scores. They use Tammy and Tommy's twirling figure skating shot, and she scores. They use the flying V, and Jesse scores. And then Gordon uses encouraging words instead of intimidating ones to coach Charlie. And Charlie uses the triple D Gordon taught him and scores the penalty shot, and they win the championship. So it's four executions of new plans in the end, a little right. bit different than the five-point finale, but it works. Is the triple D is is that a secret weapon? I can't oh man, remember. so so Bob, Jamie and I were talking about this outside of the before we started. Yeah. Dude, like none of these big iconic moves are set up. No, yeah, they're normally not. they're not. <laughs> normally they'd be the thing that shows up on page thirty. Like it's weird yeah. because it's almost like it's funny because I associate Mighty Ducks with the knuckle puck, which is from two. Yeah, and that is completely 100% set up. Oh, yeah. And I noticed in this, I was like, yeah, they don't really tell you what the hell the Triple Deke is. Yeah, it or the be, Flying V. Or the Flying V, yeah. It has to be an editing thing. I think it's an editing thing. It seems to me that that has to have been in the script. They they might have shot the practice, and then they're and like, they didn't we don't include need it. it. Yeah. It, the, the, the Flying V, to me, felt like the crane technique almost, right? Yeah. It's like, let's do the Flying V, the duck thing, you know? And, except uh, without except without any of Miyagi on the beach with Daniel. Except no setup. How to do yeah, it. Right. yeah, so, and right. I think it, I think it works because it's such incredible premise delivery. Like, I, it's such a pure, like, encapsulation of the movie. Also, that, like, also there's a visual need... with him saying how ducks fly together. And yes. how they fly, we know, 
you should know how ducks fly. Right, right. So you don't need, maybe they did, they edited you it out. You get it? Yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, when I, again, I watched it for the first time. Right, right. When I first watched it, I was like, I just thought it was a hockey thing because I don't know hockey that well. I was like, maybe that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. And then I started to think about it like in the secret weapon context. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, they're talking about duck formation. And yeah, is yeah. that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then I and then I actually just thought I missed the setup because it felt so obviously a secret weapon kind of set up payoff. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And then the same with the the is it the triple deke? Is it's that what it is? It's a triple deke, and that's yeah. I, I'm fine with the flying V. The triple deke, it does feel like it's missing something because yeah, it feels like some psychological someone, thing, you know. Charlie like what Charlie does trained. on the ice, it doesn't even look unique. It just looks like right. he's I I, I I don't know about hockey either, Jamie. So I'm like Right. Watching that scene, I'm like, "What the hell is the triple D? Just pushing the puck toward the goal?" Like, well, we saw him do it when he was a kid. That's the movie. Yeah, yeah. He's that's the setup. That's the, the setup, Jamie. And they, and they, yeah. they, they, I guess that's supposed to be enough. And we're supposed yeah. to, we're supposed to go with the fact that maybe Gordon taught him off because there is a single line that returns to it that's about ten minutes earlier, and he's like, "You've been practicing that triple deke." I don't know why he's whispering, but he it's, totally is. You've been practicing yeah. that triple deke. I, I guess it doesn't matter what <laughs> is actually the triple deke is. The fact that it's what Gordon lost his original game with. Mm-hmm. And, it was and so it lands. Do it. That's, the, that's the setup we, and delivery. It and doesn't matter what it, it is. We right. feel it. You feel it. Yeah. But um, I I think for me, because like I'm constantly giving notes and like as a notes giver i was like oh man this is like defies some shit i might say to somebody like mm-hmm. if i see the flying v on the page on page like a hundred and i've never yeah. seen it before i'd be like that out what there. the hell like yeah. nobody's gonna go with this but i think it's such perfect pure premise delivery like you like how do you show like a hockey move that like shows the team is working together in the premise of mighty ducks, a fucking mm-hmm. flying V like it's but perfect, the setup. So. Once again, you mm-hmm. could argue now, assuming that they didn't shoot it and it was just a script. There is that sort of halfway speech he gives about what ducks mean when he's introducing the new name. And I feel that's like true. that's enough for us to get to flying V mentally. Okay. Okay. It's loose. It's loose. It's loose, but, uh... but he does argue it with that point. They fly together, flying V, sure. And if anyone has looked up in the sky, they know. So, you know <laughs> the setup is our existence as humans. Yes. Um. <laughs> it, yeah, strangely enough, to me, it was like if I saw a basketball movie and in Hoosiers, he said, okay, run the double pick and roll on the baseline. And I'd just be like, yeah, that's something they do sure, in basketball. Do yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just go. It's, it's fine. It's. I just yeah. thought it was interesting. So, like, yeah. Next time I see a Oddly also set up, maybe I will I will be like, you know what? People won't care. Even with a loose setup, it's one of the most iconic things from the movie that people still absolutely talk about flying V. I mean, like that's it. Yeah, it worked. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it still held. <laughs> it just it's it struck me. It was like, whoa, like Jamie said, like where did I had to watch? I watched it again. And I was Basically, like, no, I, I didn't miss the setup. There just wasn't. There was no check off um, to this gun. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it still worked, and people still fucking love it. Me too. Me included. Yeah, yeah. Flying V is a good scene. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we don't. I guess if they just had it in the montage, we would have been like, all right. Like if they showed them try how Gordon's telling them where to tripping skate. up, yeah, 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 or something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I can yeah. see how maybe that isn't that interesting in a montage of Gordon right. showing yeah, them yeah, how yeah, to yeah, skate yeah, yeah. in unison like that. Yeah, yeah. Visually speaking, yeah. 
Uh, I think that's everything. Uh, yeah, we covered we a covered lot. Covered everything. That's all you had to say about five point, right, Jamie? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. the only other one thing I wanted to add was how weird it was that Charlie wanted to get his mother boyfriend. So that <laughs> it's strange. It was um, a little aggressive. You know, the, the weirdest part was in the kiss in the end. Uh, Charlie's face. He's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, like, how was like, that surprise? Like, yeah. I was like, this is a weird thing yeah. for a son to be thinking about his mom. I'm like, whoa, she's she's getting the, she, you know, yeah. she's, there's some French kissing going on. Whoa. <laughs> also this is probably the disgusting thing i like in this movie i think if it wasn't disney we would have seen gordon having a former relationship that was like horrible or he had like a lower class of idea of what a relationship is you know what i mean there was no comparative to his new relationship versus what he used to do Mm, gotcha you know what i mean like for him it's almost like being in a relationship was part of the new him that yeah. was actually like because he, he was a workaholic. Yeah, yeah, he's a workaholic like, that can never love. to his work. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a good point. Um, because usually in the setup you'd say show their homework and play. Yeah, I yeah. think in this story we pretty much just get work and play kind yeah, of thing because there uh, is no home if you yeah. consider hockey play. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's no home really. It's yeah. it's just that. Yeah, um, even with the kids, we don't get too. I mean, I guess with uh, Charlie's home, that's it. We get Charlie's yeah. home. Yeah, there's yeah. no other. There's no other. Uh, kids homes that we see you get to see jesse's father yeah and that's it that's the start Mm -hmm. extent of it and it's because there's so much to deal with with all these stories and kids yeah they're jamming in a lot yeah it's a really really fast moving impactful setup but it's still long but it doesn't feel like it at all yeah Yeah. that's what that's what impressed me about it on on first watch because honestly i thought oh i know what this is i'm not really gonna like it and i did know what it was and but I still liked it, and I think because it's it really is well executed. It's, Honestly, it's, uh, you, I'm happy you level. liked it, Jamie. Because like me I was, too, I was kind of walking into this. I was like, man, I know Jamie's gonna hate this movie or something like I, that. No, <laughs> not was, that you ever was, hate movies, but you know what I mean. No, I was pretty impressed by it. Actually, it's like like I mean, these little quibbles are more like probably editing things. Actually, they probably yeah, yeah, got yeah. you know there probably was a flying V, but they're probably like, we can't have the three hour mighty ducks movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, that's, so that's no, I, Twitter campaign like takes hold, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And th- this is, the, this is a genre I write in. So I, you know, it's, it's a good one to watch, like what it was like in the nineties as compared to now. Um, yeah. yeah this this kind of feels out. really, it, 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 you couldn't, it's hard to argue this isn't completely in our show's wheelhouse. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah, it, totally it totally is. is. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. But I think but it, that's everything, right? On the yeah. I think we're, we're we're at the end here. Um, yeah. You guys have anything you want to plug again? Even though we did we did plug <laughs> the beginning, I know Jamie. Jamie apparently has a book. I think that we haven't plugged yep. yet. Save the <laughs> save the cap <laughs> save the cap rights for TV. It should be everywhere at this point. Uh, like I think yeah. you can get it on iBook or uh, you know. You're, you can get your Kindle. You and you, can get read, the audio. you read the audio book, right, Jamie? I read the audio. So it'll be like this podcast for eight straight hours. <laughs> but you won't have know. me and uh, Jimmy interrupting, finally. Yeah. No, no. It, It'll just be the master. Yeah. That's right. I've, I've finally himself. gotten rid of rid of the other two and <laughs> made able to just speak for eight hours. Yeah. I have so I've want, I have something to pitch, but I just wanted to thank you two for uh, humoring me and doing this episode because uh, I I mean I, I really love the Mighty Ducks, so this doesn't this isn't a chore for me. 
yeah. honestly, legit, after I watched it, like I'm gonna watch the TV show now. Hell so, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I, I almost I almost turned it on this morning. I watched Invincible on Amazon instead, but <laughs> I was yeah, I was thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think they only they're, they're releasing it like they're doing the other shows now. It's one, right, one one, one episode at a time. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll let them build up and I like to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I'm gonna watch time. it. I'm definitely gonna watch it because it's Mighty Ducks, man. I'm not gonna not watch a Mighty we Ducks lost- movie. I don't know that I want to watch D2 and D3. Yeah, man. I don't, I don't know if I want to do that, but I'll watch this show. Don't watch, <laughs> I don't think you... Don't, you don't need to, but if you do, we'll only watch D2. Don't watch D3. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, DT has, D2 has all, like, the really fun stuff, but, like, the reality jump is huge, like, the leap from, Yeah, like, they become the Team USA. It, you yeah, just have to go yeah, with but that, it, but... But it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Um... But uh, for anyone else listening who hasn't seen it too, D two is really fun. Um, the I I was I didn't pitch this before, and I should have. I, I didn't uh, plug this before. Um, when I first started doing script butcher, which is I I I've been doing uh, script consulting since 2016, and one of the very first scripts I consulted on was a was a werewolf script called I Am Lisa, written by a guy named Eric Winkler, and. Uh, he eventually, I, I consulted on a bunch of drafts of it, and, and he eventually raised funds for it, um, and they made it into a feature film, and then it, it got into some bigger film festivals um, over the course of the pandemic, actually, um, the Arrow F- Fest, um, oh. and uh, the... Uh, now it, it was in Redbox, and now it's not only in Redbox, but you can get it in, like, Barnes and Noble and Walmart so it's it's really cool it's like really rewarding like this is why I do it like to help people like turn a script eventually into a movie and this is the second time I've been able to like go to a Walmart and pick up a movie that started as like a rough early draft that I did some notes on so it's it's called I am Lisa check it out if you like werewolf movies um I'm really proud of Eric and Patrick Ray and their team and uh that's my one thing I have to pitch and plug I'm just going to plug uh, once again, if you're one of those people that like listening to podcasts on YouTube, I made a YouTube channel that exactly mirrors the podcast, youtube.com slash Thundergrunt Podcast, not very creative, exactly <laughs> what you expect. Uh, so go there, and if you want to listen that way, it's appreciated. Uh, apparently, like 2,000 people wanted to listen to our Jumanji episode for some reason. That's insane. I have no idea why that has so many views, but it does. Thank you, The Rock. <laughs> and uh, I think that's everything. I think uh, I think we're good, guys. Yeah. Thanks for cool. listening, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Sixty thanks. episodes. Good job. Woo. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. You have just listened to Writers Blockbusters, a screenwriting podcast featuring two professionals and another guy. Available only on Thundergrunt.